Welcome to the Whiskey Stories Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Very good to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. But as soon as we got to the distillery, it was there was a, a Bentley waiting for you, straight in the Bentley with the massaging seats in the back, really? the Golden Gates and McAllen open up. You're dri- driven through, you hop out. McAllen 18 giving to you straight away as a like, welcome, before you even said a word, here's a McAllen 18. And this is, so wait, this is exclusive tour for you guys. Welcome along to the Whiskey Stories podcast with myself, Greg Colgar. We are back in the Diggers Athletic Arms and we are celebrating just being old pals, eh? We've got this, the old pals edition, we've got Angus, the whiskey fan here. Yeah, yeah. We've got Ross back. We've got Ross, we've got your closest friend from school, your oldest pal well, from school. Very generous to him. It's really, really cute. We've got Fraser <laughs> Sunas. Fraser, how are you? Welcome, welcome. Very good to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. So it's fantastic <laughs> to be on here. You've been practicing that line all day. Looking in the mirror all day. Yeah. yeah, it's been great. No, it's great to have you here. We've got drums in front of us, we've got beers in front of us. It's a Thursday night, it's the Whiskey Stories podcast. And uh, yeah, we're just. Just old pals. Just old pals. You and Angus are old pals. How old? Well, Ooh. Angus and I have known each other since we were, what, 10 or 11 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10, so 2000, that's, we're that's 2000, like 40, we'd have met. 20, yeah, so oh, basically, right. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, <laughs> uh, I moved to Dunbar and I met Fraser at football training. Uh, I would have been, I reckon I was 11, you were 10. Ah, you're older, you're, I'm you're, you're, above, you're above at school, you were, so you were always the and, bigger lad. Uh, and we didn't think we were going to get into whiskey. No. no, 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 not at all. <laughs> I don't really know what happened, to be honest. Yeah, right, I, well, talk us through the drums then, lads, what we got in front yeah, of us. Um, Angus, what have you got in front of you today? Well, I've got a, well, I've seen most of it off. I've got a pint of uh, fresh orange and lemonade. I've, I've took the car in today. Angus so, is, uh, is in charge um, today, so we'll look at the expenses uh, for the Exactly. Taxi driver. I've got my, my, my white gloves and my peak cap on there. Uh, uh, so, uh, no, no, no. Um, nice orange flavour. Oh, very nice. Tart citrusy notes <laughs> coming through, <laughs> but you've got the sweetness of the lemonade. I think the pint of ice as well. Him, yeah, you're absolutely killing them. Right, uh, Ross, come I, got, on. I got lucky. Kev was in as we arrived today, so I just said to Kev, pick me out three drams. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, and I, again, very trusting of him. So I've got a 25 year old Straff Mill bottled by Cadden Heads, uh, you. bourbon cask, cask strength. The more recently re released. Glencadam 18, so I know you're normally a big Glencadam fan. I love a Glencadam. But this is a, a full bourbon Glencadam. And then a dram from my home, an Ayrshire whiskey. All right. Uh, Loch Lee. So okay. a new distillery. And this one, uh, maybe a my Whiskey's exclusive, I'm not 100% sure. It's a Shiraz finish or Shiraz maturation. I'm looking at the colour, so, you would think. Full maturation. Full maturation. Yeah. So 61 odd percent. Red wine, it's young copper. whiskey. It just looks like copper yeah. in there. Like yeah, we 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 did iron brew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, as soon as you join me on that, I have coffee to Lockley. I'm doing a, a Burns night soon, so I thought I'd get in my my Abbey Burns Kilmarnock Ayrshire style going on there. Yeah. And then I've got a lovely uh, Aaron's, the Devil's Punchbowl batch too. Never yeah. tried it, so. Have you not had that? Have you had that on this? Podcast, we did, yes. unfortunately it's a podcast that we'll need to revisit I'm not sure I mentioned it at that point ah, well, uh, What about you? Uh, well, while we're on that subject I have to <laughs> <laughs> 
We have we have since we have recorded two podcast episodes that I accidentally deleted. Um, <laughs> that's it. Well, the lost whiskey stories. The lost whiskey, they'll pop up one day. I'll find them. This uh, is why I'm, Angus is not drinking, so he doesn't allow Graham to do that again. I don't don't podcast and drink, folks. That's it's a recipe for disaster. No, what I've got in front of me tonight, I've got a nice. Well, it's now a half pint of Guinness. Um, You've had I've, your first gulp then. I've had, exactly. And I've got in front of me here is what have I got in front of me? It's a Glen Grant 15. But I've also got a Deanston 2010 Deanston. I've not got a Deanston at all. I've got a Daft Milk 2010 Oof. winter batch release. Very so good. Very, in fact, again... A local dram to you. It's a dram very, very close to you. Well, that's yeah. it. From another Fife, a great Fife distillery. One day they'll get, we'll have a region of our own. Um, but <laughs> keep dreaming. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm currently looking, I'm sitting at the end of the four of you. I'm looking down the tables and I can just see dram, 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 dram. And I'm really pissed off that I chose to drive here. Mistakes were made. Uh, these things happen. We've, yes. got a, we've got a big day coming out. Uh, we've got uh, a big, yeah. big day coming out. Whiskey Stories Day out, I think. That's the first thing. But look, it's, it, well, Fraser, first of all, welcome along to the podcast. It's good to have you here. Talk us through for. The listener that doesn't know you, Amy. Big shout out to Amy. Amy before, so hello, Amy. Yeah, because uh, you're also a listener of the podcast. Uh, aye. Aye, you wrote in asking to be on the uh, show. That's, uh, I message us every morning. So when am I coming? So on? you actually sent us a letter to our PO box address. Have you had a make a wish? Say, say yes. I would. I listen every week. I would love to be on. So it's great to have you here. But on a serious note, Fraser, what do you do in whiskey? Uh, so my official title is Whiskey Ambassador for the Balmora Hotel, which is extravagant, quite good. Do a lot of tastings within the hotel, but we function. Graham, you'll know you're, you're a member yourself. You come in, um, you, yeah. you do uh, uh, have a bit of your Macallan 25 that you don't like to tell people about. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll have a bar, over 500 whiskies. I'll kind of try a lot of it, talk to people about it, be a bit of a geek, a bit of a nerd. Yeah. And are you, a, absolutely, so are you a self-proclaimed whiskey geek slash nerd? Because uh, we, we use that term affectionately on this podcast. A, a new one. I, I, I'm a very new one. It's a recent a recent hobby or habit, if you will, or, or addiction. Well, it's not a career. Um, it's a full-time career, yeah. which is We, totally haven't, we haven't been attached at the hip since we were 11. We, you know, Fraser went to uni, I started working in whiskey, uh, I took over from a role that his big brother was in previously mm-hmm. at the Bomoral, and then... It just kind of materialised at one point that you were back working in the city, working hospitality. I don't think you'd really considered whiskey as no, a career. No, no, no. So I left university. I'd done engineering and hated it. Thought yeah. it was terrible. And straight away I was like, I'll go do something else. Covid hit. Uh, so I could not go and do a hospitality job and done an office job for a bit. But as soon as Covid finished, I went and worked in a bar. And uh, I got more into it and I started getting quite interested in whiskey. My brother being really into whiskey was quite right. big, so we used to do a lot of wee, wee trips together and stuff like that. And they'll come, I've got a good story about our trip to Isla recently. Um, and then me and Ross, I think Ross started noticing I was putting really bad pictures of really rubbish whiskey on my Insta story. <laughs> yeah. And then one day I was like, let's, let's go for a dram, have it, a catch it, up. It was good timing, it was definitely good timing. We, Cameron, Cameron and I had just been, just the two of us at Scotch for about a year and a half, coming out of the pandemic. And then we've got Dario on board, who was kind of taking the bartending side of things, um, world-class bartender. And we're looking to expand the team again because we've had quite a successful time. Um, and, yeah, I don't, yeah, you weren't replacing anybody. You were filling a, a, a new position. 
Oh, it's nice yeah, you're you're finding a new position. See, I, we're expanding the team. I'm sorry, I'm just picturing this. You, the story of you two, just it feels like the sequel to like um, Super Bad when the two the, the two guys just get back get back together. Get back yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somehow bump back into each other. Yeah, yeah. It was. 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 It you know, what are you doing? Well, I've left you there and I'm working. I don't, listen, I don't want to play it down, but you, were, you, you weren't really sure what you wanted to do. No, no, I was, yeah, completely unsure. And you were certainly somebody that, again, you think a lot of your brother. Your brother's been a big influence into your whiskey aspect of your career as well. But also, he's your big brother. You're, you're quite close. So I think it was something that was almost, you know, me and Cameron would look at each other and it, it kind of made sense before we'd even thought of it or proposed it to Fraser and asked him if he was interested. It was okay. Well, I know Fraser. He knows Scott. Fraser's a sensible pair of hands. He's not going to... So he, Scott he, being he, Fraser's brother then, right? So, yeah, so yeah, Scott, Scott being the person I replaced as a Scotch. So, 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 so your brother wasn't there at the time. No. But Cameron no, and your no. Had you worked with... Ross, had you worked with Scott? No, then? so I replaced Scott. Right. So Scott... Mm. I, I was... Um, yeah, it was 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. December, I joined as Scott left. And then a few years later, I came back to the Balmoral and then, um, yeah, somebody just opened up. And so you'd just done a little bit of whiskey, um, again, you were for uh, Cali Pubs. I'd done a little bit, so I was supervisor, assistant manager, if I want to be glamorous, if I'm chatting to a lady. Um, of, yeah, a bar called Tiles, so it'd be Corner Bar in St Andrews Square, which was, it was great, and I'd done... I've done a William Grant's apprenticeship that I'm not going too much into. I, I got really drunk and probably shouldn't have. But it was good fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did not think you were going to work in whiskey at this point. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't quite realise who I was quite... A William, Grant, a William Grant's and Sons apprenticeship. Yeah. yeah. So we have in Jody, terms of, like, what? It was called William Grant's Bar Apprentice. And so, it was yeah. a four-day course of... Aye, so it's not like a time you serve a four-year... No, no, no. <laughs> a four-day course, and every day was with a different ambassador. Right, so you okay. had a Jody back in, you know, to Monkey Shoulder, Mark Thompson and Glenn Fiddick, uh-huh. you had... And so you didn't um, make the best impression of those, those, those guys at first. So no. So it's quite funny. Mark, I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Mark walks into Scotch one day. There's, and there's there. that. Daft, there's McLovin. And he goes... Uh, <laughs> and he goes, what are you doing here? Aye, and uh, so, <laughs> it's bad enough, but sorry, someone's just walked through into the room thinking this is the toilet for the mates. <laughs> it's bad enough when you can hear what's happening when you're, when you're in the other room. <laughs> right, so, so you started out really in bar work and accidentally Aye. kind of falling into, yeah, into yeah, whiskey. Even when I was at university, I worked in bars, I always had that side to me where, I would never say it to Scott's face. He was really good at his job. Mm. And whenever I speak to Cameron and Ross and people that work with him, they always say he was really good. Yeah, Scott was really good. Um, so through him and just him being my brother, I was really jealous to do better. Right. You always do as siblings. You always want to be better than the other one. Um, so I always started to get into it a little bit. And he would give me little drams. And over time, we got to a scenario where I was giving him drams and trying really? to be like, have you heard of this distillery? Yeah. And so you were thinking, like, yeah, that's nice. Um, it's part of the industry I think is interesting to talk about is you were kind of put right into the deep end. Oh, and so we're going to have a lot yeah. of people that are listening that are in the industry, we have a lot of people that are maybe new to whiskey. Yeah. You know, Fraser had to come in with the title as Whiskey Ambassador in a five-star hotel. And what I'll say, you won't say, you won't say it about yourself, you just put yourself, lock yourself into a cubby and read and read and read, visited distilleries, like, 
I would be surprised if anybody has learned as much about whiskey in that first six month period. Mm. Then you know you're like, okay, you're just bothering Cameron. Tell me this. Tell me that. Tell me this. And that's exactly what I done when I when I joined Scotch. Yeah, but I think Cameron hated me. To get even where you are now in a knowledge base, obviously customer service was easy for you, um, but. It must have been tough, but also you must feel that pressure. But I mean, it's interesting. Sorry, but when I look at the team at Scotch and you see Cameron, who's what thirty-five, thirty-two. She's only thirty-two. Thirty-three. I, mean, I don't know where he did his paper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> God Almighty, that must have been really tough. But uh, you see, got Cameron. Sorry, Cameron, if you like the mythical creature of the whiskey story uh, podcast, yeah. the unmentioned uh, yeah. mystery guest, Ross's whiskey da. Yeah. But, but you've got Cameron there, thirty-two. How old's Dario? Dario's thirty-seven. He's, 37. The, he's the old boy, the old man. He moisturised. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got Dario so under 40 again. Then you've got, you know, dumb and dumber, you two working <laughs> there <this, laughs> in your 20s. Yeah. You know, you think to yourself, and, and fair play, because we've talked about this in so many different podcast episodes about the perception of Scotch whiskey. Mm. And particularly when you're in the surroundings of like the Balmoral Hotel, a five-star, a five-star five hotel, yeah. and then you walk in, you're maybe expecting to see sort of the wise old sage behind mm-hmm. the bar that's going to be able to point in the directions of where the whiskies are but I think that's what makes it so nice and un- like it unarms you a little bit when you walk into the, the scotch because it is an intimidating we've talked about intimidating atmospheres as well I guess mm. you and I have talked yeah. about that and it's like you can walk into a, a fancy fine dining fine experience luxury place where there's this great wall of whiskey that you've got in that those cupboards and there's there's wee step ladders that someone's mm-hmm. got to climb up and get, and you're in very nice surroundings. Yeah, and it's, it's it, nice to be able to look behind the bar and actually not have that not intimidation. Have intimidation. I would say, as an employee and somebody joins it, it's incredibly intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that Fraser can teach himself the knowledge and about bottlings and prices and have the customer service. But when a master blender walks in the room, yeah. or a brand ambassador walks into the room, or a salesperson, or somebody that's important to the hotel. He's not going to have any idea, so you also have to be able to be no, professional enough. It was even, yeah. the, I have a funny story. The first time I met Brian Kinsman, it was at a. So that's the malt uh, master of Glenfiddich. Yeah, yeah. A Glenfiddich event, and I went along with Cameron. Um, I'm still fairly naive, and I know names, I don't necessarily know faces. And me and Cameron are chatting away to people, and this guy comes up, gives Cameron a big hug. I'm like, okay, this must be one of Cameron's pals. I go over, hi, I'm Fraser, nice to meet you. He goes, I'm Brian. I was like, great. I was like, Brian from where? And he was like, I'm Brian. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm Brian. Bright red face, like, so sorry. And then found that I was sitting beside him for the next three hours as well. And he wouldn't so have been bothered with no, that. No, it's, it's he, he, was, he was dead sound of it. It's, it's, but, he he yeah. would have probably got that, because he's on first name terms with your brother. That's yeah. one of those things. So you're, talk, you're, you're talking about the, you know how you react when people walk in. Yeah. It's nice that we've had you on the podcast because now when Angus and I walk in, you won't roll your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll still happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, joking aside though, to work at that place at that age, I think if I had been in either of your shoes, I'd, I'd, I think I'd have probably got the sack at your age working <laughs> in there. Well, I would have been far too immature to it work such in an there opportunity at that, that age. Like, when, I, um, I, would have, I would have pissed that yeah. opportunity uh, I mean, when, when, when I got offered, late. I was going to say when Ross offered me the job, technically when Cameron offered me the job, I think I accepted it within 30 seconds. I don't yeah. think I even said, yes. like, let me think about it. It was like, yes, yes yeah, I'll yeah, come. Yeah. 
Um, and it was a bizarre one because it was, uh, I wouldn't say I was given the job before I arrived, but it was very much a, you've got the job as long as you don't be an idiot. Yeah. Which yeah. was as long as you can show in your probation, you're you going see, to I, I would have been effort, an idiot. Which is very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is tough for me because, yeah, I'm a bit of a pillock. So but, that, that was the tough part, behaving. So, I mean, talk us through the role then, Fraser. You're, uh, you're working... I mean, how many nights a week or days a week are you working, roughly? We'll do five days a week, so five nights a week. Just now, four till 12. Um, it'll be privatations going on every day, almost. This will be with other residents or people that are booked. And, you know, you have tastings from 75 quid per head. And sometimes I've done tastings, you know, thousands of pounds. Really? Um, and it can be quite crazy. But then also you just get people coming in, like yourselves, like you and Angus. Come stuck and just, in the want to, just want to have some drams and just <laughs> dead keen to come in and get hammered. Which is always good. Yeah. You, get, you get used to it now, but it's actually really hard um, as, an, as an employee to comprehend the wealth in a place like that. Yeah. Often, the people that show up wearing sliders and shorts, will spe- they'll spend the most. It's your tech guys. Aye. Oh, yeah. they, they'll come I in, mean, they've still got their bathrobe on. I've got two McAllen 40s. What, 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 must be want. nice when I walk in, because it's, <laughs> com- it's a lot easier to comprehend the wealth yeah, yeah, when I walk yeah, in. Accentless, <laughs> yeah, accentless. You're talking about, I mean, at the moment, we've, we've talked about it on the on the podcast before, but it's, uh, what is it, the only open bottle of McAllen 40 that you can get. Is that in the whole country, in the whole Scotland? Outside of the distillery. Outside of the distillery. The only open bottle of 40 year old McAllen that you can you can get a dram of and they're on their third one yeah. they're on the third bottle right what are, and, and what's the price of a dram uh, just that? now it's 850 pounds 850 pounds sells for about 22 grand a bottle it's well in terms of like how many can you do you remember each one that you've sold to somebody or do you I you, mean, certainly remember uh, your, you always remember your first uh, you, you, remember, you remember your first but I, I what was my first one it was, your first one was boy, I got told some boy was coming through for the brassery what did McAllen 40 I was like fantastic <laughs> I'll take this one I was like lads this is how you do it boy sat down nice to meet you I'm Fraser I was going to pull a chair have a chat before my arse had hit the chair he said I'll try the McAllen 40 yeah. I was like great I had it even sat down I was like fantastic so all, all, often because of the environment they try to create and the service that um Gary Quinn and Cameron have put together you're meant to be able to in that space that if you are going to have the best whiskies in the world you'll get the time yeah. and the ambassadors will sit down with you and they'll talk you through them and tell you the history yada 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 Fraser's like okay here we go it's a big customer coming in he's ready to pull up a chair and give him a whole speech the guy's like I'll have one yeah just give me one and so put the chair back yeah. and I, I, in terms of so it's quite interesting looking at this and we've talked about it before, and I think it's been mentioned by other brand ambassadors where the best brand ambassadors are the best are, are, are the bar staff themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cody Reynolds, quote, yeah. Cody Reynolds, he's yeah. the best brand ambassador you can get as a, as a, motiva- a motivated bartender. So it's quite funny because I think we had even mentioned in one of the previous episodes, hopefully not one I accidentally deleted. Um, well, if you, if you did, you can mention it again. <laughs> I, I once, once famously said. Um, but we were talking, Angus, about bar staff being salespeople. Oh yeah, 100%. That was yeah, last yeah. episode, that was definitely per- Particularly in the uh, in the whiskey industry as well. Yeah. So, is there ever an occasion where you feel like, or you know, or you think, I could upsell somebody here? Particularly yeah. if you can go yeah, yeah. upsell to the the £850 McAllen 40 year old. Yeah, you never, never try and kind of rip the piss, but, you know, quite often people are clientele, they're staying for a week in the height of summer, spending maybe, you know, £700 a night 
and they're coming in the first night and they're like, I want to try something really cool that I've never had before. And you're starting them off with maybe 80 quid drams and they're not blinking an eye. Right. That's when you start, you go up and up right. and eventually get to a point and you're like, well, okay. Try this one. You need to try this one. And they go, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, it helps as we get service charge on top of that. So How would you s- the more I sell, the more money I make. Well, that's yeah. it. You've got that on front. How would you sell it to Angus? <laughs> well, actually, before you even start that, we talked on the last episode about the, um, you had your little drams and the baby, and, and, and baby you tried the Nika Gold, and indirectly Fraser is responsible for you trying that Nika Gold because when I went to Scotch once with my good lady partner, not yes. um, I, I once went. I think it was Fraser that was serving me, and I Fraser set me on to as he does. I mean, he, he clearly saw that he couldn't upsell me too much (laughs) but (laughs) I think he gave me a heavily peated Kilkerran and that was the first time I'd ever tried Kilkerran and then when you presented me with two drowns one was the Nika Gold Samurai and one was the Kilkerran 16 and I've consequently become quite a fan of Kilkerran I said oh Kilkerran 16 I'll take that so there you go thanks for that I can't even remember that happening but I'll I'll take your word for that well it might not have been you but I think it was Graham has lost his Japanese whiskey virginity in the last two weeks <laughs> he, he, he never had a Japanese whiskey. No, no, I listened to the podcast. Uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be quizzing it. Yeah. We'll be quizzing it. Yeah. 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 Yeah relaxing and enjoying a whiskey whilst you're on the other side I'm sitting relaxing you're working it's a, it's a, it's a difficult you know it's, it's hard for people sometimes when you're working and when you're around other people that you're seeing enjoying themselves but when you're in that environment where it's such a close-knit group of friends and colleagues you've got such a great environment to work in from an outsider looking in yeah particularly when you get to work with somebody who's maybe been your pal since you've been at school what, that must be great fun just walking into yeah. work every day. When I started at Scotch, having Ross was fantastic because quite often when you start in places, you've got your boss and you can be a little nervous and intimidated. You, you want to ask questions, but you're scared to. But Ross was very much, I would just turn to Ross, like, what is this? Yeah. Like, where is this from? What is this whiskey? And Ross was very good for it if I was saying something incorrect or like just doing something daft. He'd be like, what are you doing? And that like, works both ways. Yeah. Like I'm more, I would be more, it would always be Cameron and I would, Cameron or I would be working. Yeah. So he could learn from Cameron just as I have. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron's a, a good boss, but you do end up coming pals with Cameron because that's in his nature. Yeah. I probably was able to be more honest with Fraser and say, you know, stop that shit, hold this properly, say this properly, yeah. yada yada, or, or whatever much easier mm-hmm. because I know you could, I know you could take it yeah, whereas yeah. actually you'd be at HR with uh, <laughs> it's one of those things it's just, it's it's just, it's just, it's I'd be like oh I feel like I'm getting picked on or, yeah, he knew that wasn't he knew that wasn't the case just blank twice blank you <laughs> <were getting laughs> <picked>. <laughs> just blank four times <laughs> yeah, that's right couldn't count that was a problem but, uh, but here's a question um, Fraser as a, as a relatively as a 24 year old young guy in whiskey you've been in whiskey for two years now is it something you want to pursue as a career? And does that come yeah, from Scotch? Yeah. Or yeah, as a Absolutely, yeah. I think when I joined Scotch, it was a very much a gamble. I was like, I'll give this a shot. I knew that when my brother went, he absolutely he adored it. it. He yeah. loved it. And stories I heard from him, part of that was like, I want to go and do that. I want to see what that's all about. And then within a couple of months, I, I was like, this is what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, 
and some and of the opportunities you've had. The opportunities are ridiculous. So, so you, the stories we've been to. Tell us about maybe been great. one of the better tastings and one of the better visits you've had since joining Scotch. Or, you know, oh, something you, even, that if you're encouraging a young person to get into the whiskey industry and see the better part of it, has there been any trips or tastings that have opened your eyes and made you think, yeah, this is where... I, I say the first proper one, I was just after six months joining. So we, we have that McAllen partnership, of course. Um, so they take us up to the distillery once a year. Mm. And it's a full day, free tours, loads of bevy, fine dining meal in their restaurant within the distillery, tour like the estate, the warehouses, the distillery, put up in the hotel. So, yeah, so this um, is the Craig Elke Hotel in Speyside Craig for Elke, listeners, yeah. and this is the Macallan Estate Tour. Yeah. This is, this is for people that everybody should. I, I would hope that most listeners have heard of McAllen, but McAllen, <laughs> but, but McAllen Estate is a brand new state of the art. And you're getting paid to be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're 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 getting paid to do well, what people I, will pay. When people thousands, will travel from yeah. any cor- all corners of the world. I think the tour is about twelve hundred pounds a person for for customers for consumers. Stuart Cassells and his team up there are the most dedicated and talented hospitality team. I said I go out on a separate year from you, and it was the best hospitality I ever received. So what, what was it like for you? You probably never had experienced anything like that. Even from the start, it was ridiculous. Obviously, you got on the train. Uh, we were told first class, but first class was fully booked on that day, so we never got first class. But I Sorry to hear that. It's really terrible. God, that <laughs> must have really, yeah, really yeah, put yeah. a dampener on that trip. Eh? But, but, uh, private chauffeur to Craig Elke from Elgin train station, and then so you had to get from, out of standard class and get a private chauffeur. I had to, I had to, uh, had to walk about thirty steps. It was oh. like disgraceful, have, you know. <laughs> um, but as soon as we got to the distillery, it was. There was a, a Bentley waiting for you, straight in the Bentley with the massaging seats in the back. Really? The Golden Gates and McAllen open up. You're dri- oh. driven through. You hop out. McAllen 18 given to you straight away as a like, welcome. Before you even said a word, here's a McAllen 18. And this is, so wait, this is exclusive tour for you guys? Um, it's an we, educational we, tour for, yeah, the, for the group. It's, it's as for, for research. So how can we get one of these? So McAllen have a... <laughs> McAllen have, 1,300 pounds? Yeah, McAllen have two strategic partners. We have um, the Balmoral Hotel in right. Bentley, and we and they need a third. The Whiskey <laughs> Stories podcast. Now look, right, we have a listener called Amy, who listens. She's going to be buzzing with this. She listens all the way over the states. So if anyone, and we've got some German listeners as well, right? Uh, we've got a few. We've we've actually, but if anybody from McAllen is listening and wants us to talk up this tour, I mean, if anything, Fraser, poor Fraser, didn't even get. First class. But I think it is, Graham. Whiskey's all about opinions because yeah. I went to. Oh, he's going to ruin it. I, 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 I'm going to ruin our sponsorship right now. He's going to ruin it. I went to uh, Craig Allocky Distillery. Yeah. Distillery bo- we'd both been to, and I, I did a wee tour there, and it was uh, I think she was a Swedish lady mm-hmm. on the tour, and at the end she said, We'd been to McAllen. Um, with far, far, yeah, but we didn't really enjoy that. He said, This is when you go and look at it. She was a tall bias. Then she did it. Did she? (laughs) No, she was a punter. She was a punter. She had done the educational tour one, right? Where there's Bentley's waiting to take you, and you're like, It was just way over the top. It was almost like I felt like James Bond, you know, and it was that whole end. Really? I showed up to a secret layer that had all the. I would say, I wouldn't describe it as a whiskey distillery. No. Tour. No, uh, it's, a, it's, an it's a hospitality experience. It's, it's a well, day out kind of thing. Well, I mean, we we we've been offered uh, a few different I- exclusive tours and stuff like that, and they're they're much appreciated and things. But yeah. you know, 
Come on, my girl. Gotta be the first class train. Come on. So, uh, what about tastings that you've done last last year? Any any particularly? We're about to come to the best drams we've had of the twenty twenty three. So maybe tell us if there's been any people that took the tastings or anything that was. Yeah, that was quite a few, obviously. You're like, yeah, that's whiskey is for me because of these people. Tomatin's a big one. I think the first tomatin tasting I went to tried some ridiculous liquid, you know, through from young twelve year olds all the way up to the thirty six year old. And that was hosted by. Uh, Scott, Scott Adamson, Scott Adamson. Yeah, so master um, blender and global brand ambassador for tomatoes um, that was quite ridiculous I think that was early on and that was mm-hmm. just liquid that I'd never tried before and was, does it get overwhelming? no no <laughs> uh, I, I love it um, but I mean when you're looking at like when you're arriving at the, the Scotch Scotch bar at Balmoral you know your brothers work there so there's an expectation level you've got Ross working there Sometimes they do say, you know, it's very difficult to get into working with close family or friends because relationships can become strained or anything like that. Then on top of it, there's the expectation level of, you know, with the greatest respect in the world, you've, you've worked in bars and stuff like that, but you wouldn't be able to say I've worked in whiskey bars or... No, no. Uh, so, and Ross had kind of alluded to it earlier on, you, you spent so much time just turning into a hermit and just reading every single whiskey book that you could get your hands on to learn, learn, learn. Yeah, I think you make of it what you want. But like the first six months, like Ross says, I think I kind of threw all my social life to the side yeah. and really, really, it's worked out in the, in the long scheme. It's worked really well because I'm now doing very well. And You're confident. I'm and... super confident and go see my pals. But for six months, I was every book, notes and everything. I wanted to be able to show up and be somebody asked me a question even if I didn't know the answer I could give them something really confident and something similar or maybe useful to move on with it's one Um, of the things we mentioned in a previous episode people go into those kind of bars Honestly, some people what they do for fun is they go into bars out. like that and they try and catch out. I to and do so that they look at they look at the youngest member of staff in the bar yeah, and they yeah. go, "Oh, what's he doing here?" You know, I, I I know I've been drinking whiskey for forty years, and you get that too. Yeah. And so to confidently be able to actually, you know. I mean, I think I think when you would you what was what, can you remember uh, anything that you've learnt in that period of time that's really surprised you and, and been a complete difference to what you actually originally thought? That's really surprised me. There was anything in whiskey, right? Uh, aye, statistics blew my mind. You know, stats about how much we actually make. And, really? Uh, you know, the whole 53 bottles a second, that kind of thing. 1. 1. 6 billion bot- uh, yeah, 1.6 billion bottles per year exported. 1.6 billion? I'm trying to get your heat that and 22 million casks sitting in storage and... 22 million. All that sort of stuff. That keep, was, talk, keep giving us a start. Yeah, uh, way, 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 way to warehouses. More warehouses. Way to warehouses. But that was always really fascinating. But I just love the history behind distilleries. So I, I'm, I think William Grant's is one we always talk about quite a lot. And there's mm-hmm. a reason that people within whiskey talk about William Grant's is because their history is fantastic, their liquid's very good, but they're also very engaging. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, they'll go out their way to get you trying stuff and yeah. they'll almost use you as a promotion. That's, yeah. that's yeah. what it goes back Absolutely. to. Can you remember, sorry Ross, can you remember your, your first night on the job then? Can you go oh. back to that? What oh. was that like? Uh, aye, I can. It was... Um, <laughs> I'd done my first night before I'd done my induction. So normally you might do an induction right at the very start, but I think you'd just disappear. Ah, but you'd done the William Grant's uh, uh, apprenticeship. Uh, you're <laughs> a time served. I, I just came back. I was on holiday in Portugal. I just came back 
and I was started a week earlier, so I think you'd went on holiday maybe to America or something. Dario had just had Eduardo, Dario just had his child. So just you and Cam for the first shift? Just me and Cam and my first shift, and I remember... That is intimidating. I showed up, and I was kind of like, oh, I'll be behind the bar, I'll just be polishing the glasses, I'll just be a bar back and a kilt. Um, I didn't even have a kilt at the point, I was in the apron and trousers. Um, I showed up some kilt. I at least wore a suit when yeah, I got my kilt. There's yeah. a wee apron. Didn't even have a suit. <laughs> uh, I showed up and Cam was like, you're on the floor. And I was like, it's my first shift, I don't know what whiskeys we've got, but I almost knew that. I went in it, I was... I knew, I, tired that I, day. I knew a little bit, I would say, in the sense of <laughs> I, I knew what to say to general people. But when it got really specific, that's where I did struggle. And that's what I worked upon. But the first shift was pretty interesting. I, 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 I Cameron, who is, is a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, so. Cameron used to say, like, I, I think, I, I can't remember my first shift, but it was definitely like, he would drop you into the deep end and see how you cope. Mm. And I probably did benefit from it, and you probably did benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, away he had the confidence that we're good enough lads to, if I ask a question, just go, let me double check for you, yeah. blah, 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 and yeah. do it in a five star manner. And, you know, if, if you don't struggle and you don't, you know, the, the, the pieces of knowledge you remember the best mm-hmm. are the questions that you're asked that you didn't yeah, know the exactly, answer to. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean away, from, away from this, I mean, you guys work in the world of whiskey, Angus and I, we are novices, we're amateurs. Absolutely, we, yeah. We have, uh, we, we have jobs in the real world instead of the whiskey world. <laughs> I work in tech now. <laughs> one of the things is, like, you know, as I say, training, learning, develop, development is an industry that I've been working in for a long, long time. And mm. it's fascinating to know like, that you can learn so much from a book and you can listen to anything and you watch YouTube videos and stuff like that. But until you're actually at the cold face, out in the front, learning how to do it, yeah. then suddenly, I mean, if you look back, even both of you, I'll ask one at a time. I'd be interested to know about your first whiskey tasting, what you were like beforehand, what you were like during uh, as, you, in like, a, as doing our first your hosting, okay, hosting, hosting. So I will, I will Ross first. Yeah. Can so, you, can you remember? I mean, uh, you've yeah. had so many jobs in whiskey, Ross. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, my first tasting. Uh, well, actually, that's a good question. My first tasting might not have been at Scotch. Um, when I joined, Cameron was there. And he had a number two, Charles Kerr. Shout out Chuck. Um, and so they were both really sad whiskey nerds. You guys think I'm sad. These guys were these guys invented it. They're brilliant, brilliant whiskey ambassadors and brilliant for the hotel as well. But Cameron and Chuck done pretty much every tasting. Yeah. Cameron's attitude kind of changed after after COVID and stuff, but mm. it was just the two of them because it was a very high pressure environment and I think yeah, yeah. the bar okay, maybe I shouldn't say this, but the bar was was doing nowhere near as well as it does now. Right. Um, and it was a four four staff team that were who were all called. So what you're saying is you two really turned that. I'll see me and Cameron. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the BYT, the Balmoral Young Team. There you go. Um, right. It's one of those things that I listened to Cameron and Chuck do so many tastings yeah. and took something from both of them. Right. So when I done my first tastings, um, I think I was probably quite comfortable. I, I'm not sure if it was at the end of my first period at Scotch or whether it would have been at, like Glenkinchy. If it was Glenkinchy, it would have been easy because you were only speaking about your own liquid. Yeah, you know um, I yeah. ended up getting... Tastings were probably my strongest point in, in Scotch towards the end. Because I could do a tasting for for 20 people, a, a sales group from, you know, from the US, or I could be, you know, two... Japanese businessman, and I was yeah. quite comfortable with both because you approach them both in different ways. And well, would you would you have a like would you have a set list? Oh well, so the, the tastings changed all the time. So you wouldn't so so you wouldn't always go, and then, but then I suppose if you know it's like right, if I was to 
if we had 20 tastings on the back of 20 cards yeah. and I would go, right, I'm going to memorise 20 cards, 20 tastings. So when I, when you guys, if it was you two came in, you booked in, let's just say, so it's Thursday night, nine, nine, seven o'clock. If it was, if I had you guys booked in for a half past seven, I would just go, right, I'm going to take card five out for these two. Yeah, there's the, there's the drams I'm going to do. And then it would be like a no, script. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. no, no. The no it's having 500 bottles. If somebody turned up and, so for, say for example, somebody's doing a ghost and rare tasting at 200 pounds a head, that might make you assume they know more about whiskey. Mm -hmm. They might turn up and just be doing very well for themselves and yeah, know nothing. Yeah, yeah. You, might, you might get people who come in. I, I had some tastes, particularly with Scottish tastings, I had a couple of tastings, um, guys from the northeast that I'd done tastings for two or three times. Really? And they so actually requested you? They requested me. So Seriously? Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. You what was wrong with them? You form relationships <laughs> with them. And, and so they would come in and say, you know, this is what we liked best last right. time. It'd be the same format. Yeah. I wouldn't have to, have to, don't have to tell them the stats and all that, you know. It could be a bit more relaxed, but they would come in. It was repeat custom for, an, for a specific private experience, mm -hmm. but it would be tailored to what I knew they liked, and etc., yeah. etc. Et so you got that as well. We were people flying, pl flying from the other side of the world to come to do a tasting again. Mm -hmm. uh, a woman in Canada that I've done three tastings for that really? she's brought different people every time or a group of guys in Germany you normally bring six to nine guests and he loves it he's yeah. like no give them the full spiel and I'm like well yeah, you've yeah. heard half of it before yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and so what happens is your tastings come from learning from listen, listening to your colleagues mm -hmm. making it personal making it your own adaptations but it's really good fun you sit down for an hour and talk about whiskey we're, we're Scottish we're 24 year old Scottish lads that love whiskey in Scotland we just get to it. talk about whiskey in Scotland for the hour are you listening, McAllen? Because <laughs> <laughs> M&M's. 50% of this podcast get paid to talk about whiskey. 50% yeah. of us don't, eh, I guess? <laughs> yeah, well, bye. But I've heard that the Glen Allocky experience is just more authentic. <laughs> and it's, le it's more substance over style. It's you know, trendy right? to say you don't like McAllen. It's one of those it things. It really <laughs> is, yeah. I would agree. It is very trendy. But I, I personally, like, I guess, personally, I love McAllen. Do you like... Do you, do you, you like, get down to your 25-year-old all the time. Do you like... <laughs> Do you like first class? Oh, I love first class. Do you like Bentleys? Oh, I love Bentleys. Do you like decent, good whiskey? Oh, I love nothing more. Then, there you go. <laughs> 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 what would be your first taste? And sorry, I couldn't give a specific example. Uh, yeah, my first tasting was three weeks into the job. Normally when you do the tastings, it was very much, like you used to say, it was normally Cameron would do it. Or... Yeah. Especially when I was there, it was kind of Ross and Cameron would do it, and that was always the way. And I had about a couple of weeks in, I thought that's, that's the way it was going to be. And then one day Cameron turned around and was a tasting for four rare and ghost aids. So 200 quid, he had 800 quid there, Pen. He was like, You're doing it. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So you're getting the other um, side of Cameron here too. Cameron's first day with Fraser, you're doing the floor. Cameron, big tasting, you're doing the tasting. So I've given him a lot of praise. Sounds because like he's like, like born idol. Uh, Cameron, oh, Cameron you, if, you are, if you are listening, you are job shy. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you would normally get with started, Fraser, with normally, Fraser. You normally start off with like an easier tasting. Yeah, something a bit more relaxed. Like Cameron had a headache that uh, day. It's like a certain fact and you talk about the, the regions and whatnot. I've had that one. Um, but I, you were doing this tasting and I was like, Gonna have to pick out some good drams. It yeah. was very much, very very nervous. I'm shitting myself. Yeah. Absolutely shitting myself. But once you start doing, I got really lucky. It was four Americans that were over. That's your. That were yeah. over for a staff bachelor party, 
Um, <laughs> there were more there just to get hammered. So what did you have to do for these guys? Uh, <laughs> you guys here for this? You guys a stag party? Uh, did you yeah. bring a little CD player to press play and but start dancing? Uh, but if you think of the four four gentlemen doing an eight hundred pound tasting on their yeah. stag day in the Balmoral Hotel, Aye, that puts you at ease because these guys are probably going to know what they're into. They're a high level clientele yeah. and they're going to be grateful for the experience. Aye. And so it went well. Sometimes the hardest thing Sometimes the hardest thing With early tastings Is not being too short Or too long Yeah You know I mean Uh, I I suppose Yeah I mean That's how we met Ross Like the funny thing about it was I might have a tasting for you Yeah Christmas time And how was it Be honest It must have been tough Hello hello I'm Ross Barr You (laughs) say hello hello He says (laughs) It's a funny one It's a hard one to get right Because uh, Have you done many private tastings At distilleries or We've done I've done Enough okay, yeah. to have a, yeah. a, a opinion, but he, 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 it's funny how you can get one extreme or the other. You can get the guy that go fires through it too fast, right? Your first one's this, your second one's that, your third one's that. Enjoy them, then walks away. Or you, you know, I mean, yeah. it would take longer than that. But you know, you can you're kind of like, oh Christ, I barely enjoyed that yeah. one, and I'm tasting. Whereas you can get the other one, which is like maybe uh, you know. Uh, where it's when do we start drinking? Right, when do we when do we like, mm-hmm. have the second one? It's now? Funny, so it's um, funny. I mean, uh, uh, realistically, for sure, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I mean, realistically, and that probably applies to tours around distilleries as well. I've, I've done two at Glendronach. Um, My first time at Glendronach, I was up with Cameron, mm. and I had one of the most eye-opening mm. uh, distillery experiences I've ever had. We sat with the distillery manager mm. and we chat. We were chatting about drams for at least two hours. What took my father up? Had a really good tour. Uh, we've done a kind of sherry masterclass experience. And it felt totally rushed, and that was about yeah. six months apart. Yeah. And so it is all, it's so yeah. individual. I mean, it's, it, I think when it boils down to, you know, interpersonal skills and a knowledge, a very good knowledge about whiskey, what you're drinking is the fundamentals of what you would probably require to do a tasting of any kind of size. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember them. So what I was, I don't know if we've even told this story in this podcast. We haven't, I don't know where so, we, we met. Like, in it, so what I was, was, uh, it was the. Now, let me get this right. So I think it was like the Christmas. So I, 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 my mum's got two sisters, and basically my mum's got my brother and myself, and then um, my other auntie, she's had uh, two daughters and a son, Alistair, and then my other auntie, she's had two daughters, daughters as well. So in the family, there's always been like Graham Rury, that's my brother Rury, and my cousin Alistair, we're the boys, you know, that, and we're all quite, you know, there's only about four or five years between the three of us. So it's always like, we're, he, Alistair, my cousin, is like a brother to us, you know, and that's the kind of thing he was, best man at a wedding, etc. He was probably the one that didn't ruin the speech. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, so when it comes to Christmas time, what, we, what would happen is my auntie and my mum would get together and say, what are you getting, Graham and Rory? And it was usually stuff like, well, let's send them to something that they can do. Mm. And this time, but it was before COVID. And what we got the chance to do was... Let me try and work this out, whether it was the Saturday before everything shut and we had the chance. Do we do it the Saturday before everything shut or do we just wait and see how this COVID thing happens and see when it all blows over after four weeks of lockdown? <laughs> so we decided against doing it on the Saturday because we just felt it wouldn't be right. At that point, people were at the stage of like, I'm not going out, we shouldn't go out, yeah. we should go out or whatever. So we just said, can that? And then, of course, two two years later, we were at the stage where it's like, oh, remember those? And I think the Balmoral were actually really good in honouring the the voucher, which was which was really good of them. That'd be tough if they said you need to repay. Aye, but uh, yeah. So basically, 
we turned up. We'd gone for a few pints before, and we turned up, and in comes this fresh-faced looking. Oh, you must have been about twenty-two years probably old or something. Probably never had a beard at this point. Either. No, no, no. He tried. He had a wee suit on, so he didn't actually have his kit at that point. Oh, no, he really? had a suit on as well. I was early days. Early days. You, you might have been one of my first tastings. Well, you came over and you brought the the little map map right. over. Hi guys, I'm Ross. I'm your whiskey. I'm doing your tasting today. But what was really good is you picked up very quickly that you were like, are you guys just here to drink some drams and, and have a bit of a chat? And we're yeah. like, yeah. And then instantly the barrier came down and we sat there and we had a great time. I can still remember. You, can get, you can get subservient five-star, you can get friendly five-star. Yeah, yeah. You guys were clearly after friendly five-star. Yeah, we got cosy and it was great. We had a What's first name terms was before great. you even start it? And and what was really good as well is that, you know, we, you realise that we weren't there for a lot of the patter of the chat about X, Y, and Z. You gave us a little bit of information, but there was also an element of, I'll let you try that. I'm going to go back behind the bar and then I'll come back mm. and see how you're getting on. And then it was like 10 minutes later, how did you find those lads? Right, we're going to move on to the next one. I think we had a Glen Kinchy. Uh, that should be impressive. Johnny uh, in Scotland just laughed at one of the. And I would just say I always gave him. It's one there's, of those things. There's a Glendronach. We 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 do a journey around but, Scotland uh, tasting at Scotland. Yeah, so uh, one tasting from each each region. Mm. And I am the only person that that's what we got. ever worked in the hotel that has given people Glen Kinchy. Mm-hmm. Glen Kinchy is perhaps one of the more. Um, what would we say? It's what, one of those ones. Available it's, available it's very readily available. It, you know, it's, it's known what, as the Edinburgh Malt. But it's one of the people would say supermarket dram, right? Oh, I think that's harsh. I think that's harsh. But I'd say I think it's. I mean, to, just to the kind of. But I'd say I'd say that's harsh. But I would say calling it a boring whiskey would not would not no. be unfair. But let's say I just worked at the distillery, so my tail was wagging. You've got you've got a whiskey story. I was overqualified for the Glen Kinchy dram, so I could spend if I was really struggling with tasting in the early days. I could spend 20 minutes on that. Mm. But I think, yeah, it was probably that you were too friendly. Um, because that was the biggest. Well, basically, because I was like, and I remember not long after that, uh, taking the wife with my wife and I, and I says, come on, we're going to, um, we're going to go to the Balmoral for a, for a drink. And she was like, we can't go in there. It's a Friday night. You know, it's, it's just casual. I said, no, no, we're going in. I, I can Ross. <laughs> I turned up. But what I loved, and I think that's a really, really nice touch about when you're when you really are a great, and it's very difficult bar person. Now, what's really interesting about, and I will speak about this in a minute. But walked in, and you're like, oh, what are you after? And I said, I don't know. Uh, and then you kind of were like, I, I kind of remember what you'd what had you had the like last the best, time. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I'll get you some. Do you want the same, or do you want something similar, similar but, different. but different? I went, go similar, different. Came back. I can't remember what it was you gave Glen me. Glenallachie or something, probably. So, from Glendronach, yeah. Something like that. We had that, and it was great. And suddenly it felt like, there, and that's why I say it, it was probably the worst thing that could have happened for you, because then I was like, he's my pal. And basically <laughs> <laughs> now, and as I say, when Fraser sees me walking in, he's like, oh, God, I'm not going to get any work done tonight. <laughs> Graham always comes in Friday night, bar's full. Stands at the bar, blocks my view. It's almost like, I'm like he's jumping in front of me, so I can't see what's going on around the bar. And the thing is, that it's, it's even worse now because back then I, I think I, well, there was at that point I think I was still living in Kirkcaldy in Fife, and now I live in Edinburgh. And the bus stop that I can get the bus back to my flat is outside the Balmoral, so yeah. I can look at that and go, I've got 40 minutes. I'm going for a dram. And then I'll go in for yeah. a dram, and then I'll be having a good time stopping Fraser from doing his work. Well, I've missed that bus, okay, but there's another one in 25. That's literally how I got that job. Yeah. As I said, on yeah. episode one, if you're new to the podcast, episode one, I talked about how did I get my job in Scotch. I was waiting for the bus across the road from it, yeah. and I walked in. 
Is that uh, what you're after, Graham? You want a job? <laughs> I don't know. There's worse jobs to get. I would love to. I mean, it's I think fun. one of the things we should probably try and do in the in the new year, our New Year's resolution, is I'd, I'd love to see us having a go at working in a whiskey bar. We could do <laughs> I reckon if Kev wanted us on a special occasion at some uh, point in the year, we could help Kev buy the bar. The thing that we've got to do in 2024, right? A shift in diggers. Would we you pay you? Yeah. No, no, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd pay them. Pay them. I'd pay them, man. <laughs> um, but it's like it's pretty much like a I was about to say that. We both. Have you heard of this? What was that? Interesting part of whiskey: Springbank apprenticeship. Right. You can go and you can turn barley and you can work in production at Springbank for a day. Amazing opportunity. If you like the whiskey, how cool is that? Brilliant. Only thing is, it costs. 600 quid and it's got a four year waiting list well, you know, so you get, they, get, if they get you to work for free for a day <laughs> well, it costs you money but, but I think you get good samples it's always sounded amazing yeah, I know a couple of people that have done it Dario signed up on it yeah, yeah. Dario is two and a half years into his waiting list <laughs> One of the things, because I mean, we've not really talked too much about it on the podcast as well, but my grandfather had a maltings in Kirkcaldy, and mm. um, he, he, he my I've, worked at Maltings. Well, I've heard a very interesting phrase, my dearly beloved, his sister, my great aunt Elizabeth, who was the last remaining sort of family member, she passed away not that long ago. But I do believe my grandfather was a bit of a boy back in the day, right? He was a bit of a lad, liked going out, he liked going to the dancing and all this kind of stuff. And uh, his motto was, uh, if you can go to, go to the dancing until one o'clock in the morning, you can turn the floors at four o'clock in the morning. And that was his thing, was sometimes there was occasions where he would be back what at the morning. floors mo- is he turning? Well, it was the morning, the floors in the morning, he'd be turning there, you go, get good, my... Sorry, Granny. <laughs> but, but, uh, but that was her, that was his sort of saying. But I mean, that is a, like you say, that's a chef day. Eh? It's yeah. a physical. So, Jeff, for, for listeners, yeah. floor malting. We're talking about the malting of barley, yeah. the physical yeah. labour labor involved in turning barley on a floor. That's right. Yeah. So like I mean, that was. I mean, that was his. I mean, his father had the manual labour. His manual labour. That labor. was it. You're literally going into. I mean, the size of the maltings that they had for the malt that they were doing that's that's a full shift if you're in there yeah. and that was the story his father would say to him when he was working he says ah, if you're out if you're going to go out till one o'clock in the morning you can be in here at four o'clock and, and that was the point was he was saying if you can come in at four o'clock in the morning and turn the floors then I but by all means yeah gone out have a drink have a good time but just make sure you're in here the half the whiskey industry look like me wee bit fat beard uh, and then half the industry are cooper's Malt, uh, or we're doing oh, working in malting. They're like human hulks. They're, they're, they're bending wood <laughs> in a, a sheet but of the, cast. The coopers and, and uh, back in the day, the people working in the maltings, Aye. that was tough work. Well, there's yeah. no, like, you know, when you actually think about it, like the manual, it's still to this day. When it's you all look pretty it. automated now. But, isn't but it? even then, there's even only the, so there's many things. Some of it. There's there's no, cooper is always going to be manual. If you're in Port Ellen and you're shoveling peat into a kiln, there's only one way to do it. You can't get a robot to do that. You can't get a machine. And it even likes bags of, bags of grain. There's only so many ways you can get bags of grain off a pallet. Yeah, and it's but going even, to be even for the cooper and getting a machine to do it, now a lot of it is you've always got that old boy that's worked there for uh, 40 years uh, and he's doing the, every bit of wood. Uh, he's doing an eye test, looking well, at it all, seeing how it looks. Well, what do they reckon it takes? Here's how many books you've read. How long does it take to become a fully qualified cooper? Oh, I can't oh. even mind. There was that's a, a four-year apprenticeship. I uh, was at a Cooperage last month. There was a, uh, I think it was a... No, it was like a... It was close to a space at Cooperage. It was a private end. 
it felt like it was like slave slave labour. Oh, it, it, oh it's it brutal tough. to watch them. But um, space Cooperage, you can do a tour. So you buy money and you basically go on this little kind of um little kind of gantry and you look down and these boys are killing themselves because they're getting paid by the cask. And so also at the same time, I feel like there will be it won't be as black and white as I'm um, describing it. But so you need to be an apprentice for however many years to yeah, qualify for no, that. That's right. But if somebody's going to teach you and they're getting paid by the cask, yeah. there's a problem there. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if me true. taking on two yeah, or two yeah. or three apprenticeships is gonna cut down the amount of cask I can produce that year, which it inevitably would, yeah. that's an that's affecting your bottom line. It's such a Fascinating part of the industry. Even, even the last Cooperage I was at, we got a wee tour after. We were really hungover, so it was really good fun going to Cooperage. It's really loud, really hot, like just <laughs> an absolute nightmare. And there's a, a young apprentice who's in his second year, and the, the owner, or the manager, if you will, was, what, what did you make last year, son? And he was at uh, £55,000. Yeah. It's and a great like, What? Maybe that's a rough figure yeah. if anyone's asking taxman stay away. But yeah, it's a, it's there a great There's money to be made in Cooper Engine. If you live in the middle of nowhere, or you live in... Okay, Speyside isn't the middle of nowhere because of the tourism, but Speyside was great for making whiskey because it was the middle of nowhere. Good yeah. water, rolling hills, and it was empty. No yeah. pollution. And so if you're a young guy there and you've left school and maybe you're not sure what you want to do and you're not going to go to uni, becoming a Cooper... Yeah. It's a fantastic entry to get well, into, I mean, and I, it's only growing in popularity. We don't have enough of them. We, we don't have enough Coopers. Well, we're talking about like, uh, Dode, Dode, Big Dode that I met in the Craig Allocky in the Highlander. Ah, uh, right. what a boozer. Ah, yeah, we, we've talked about that. If anyone is planning a trip to, to Scotland, to Speyside, forever... Yeah, oh, for make sure you go there. The Highlander, Stay in the Craig Allocky, drink in the Highlander. Ah, it's fantastic. I mean... I got told off for going to the Highlander. Uh, really? Well, we, <laughs> there's also now the, the, the Quake Bar at the Craig Elkie. Before we talk about how good the Highlander is, does deserve a shout out. It's phenomenal. The Quake Bar is the oldest hotel whiskey bar in the world, and they've got a new manager there now, a guy called Callum, who was the head of tours at Glendronach in Huntley. Right. And so, young guy, really enthusiastic. I've always, I don't know him that well, but we've always um, got on. And I think he's the right person to be at a venue like that. But across the road, he's done a fantastic. You've got two Japanese guys open a boozer in Spaceside. Oh, this, I mean, it's, it's just a great. I mean, the atmosphere yeah, in that yeah. place is fantastic. It and almost sounds too good. And the thing is, it's like when, when I went up there on the. It was the Saturday night of the final, the, the weekend of the Spaceside Festival. So my wife and I were going there. And the thing is, people had already said it's the kind of place where you'll get people from the industry, you'll get your locals, and you'll mm. get your tourists, mm. right? And mm. it's like over there, there I, can remember, I can't remember who it was, but someone's like, oh, see, so and so and so and so are in from whatever distillery it was. Mm. And they're like, oh, right. So they're well, well kept faces, as we would say, in the whiskey industry. Then you've got loads of tourists, loads of, there's Germans, there's French, there's Dutch, there's Asian guys, there's, there's, there's us, there's loads of people there that are tourists. Then you got this guy, Dode, right, who's, with the greatest respect in the world, he looks like he's been around the block a little bit, got some tattoos up his arms, got a right good working tan going on, and he's, he's walking about, and he is the main man in the pub, right, and he's lord of the manor, and he's checking everybody's okay, he's chatting to people, and he's being the nicest guy, and it turns out Dode's in his 60s, maybe late 50s, 60s, and he's lived and worked in Craig Allocate, all his life and this is his local and it was almost like it was on his shoulders to make sure like this is my I can't have drunk but he worked for 
Mortlach. Aye. Aye. Right. And Dufton, aye. Aye. And uh, so that's Diageo, isn't it? Yeah. So he, yeah. so he works for Diageo. But I said to him, I said, I get to chat. I says, what do you do then? Now, I might be wrong. I'd had a few drams at this point. But he says, I'm a cask pusher. Is that a phrase or terminology you've ever heard? Cask I have pusher. heard a cask pusher. He's not physically pushing casks into warehouses. So what his job basically is, so he's telling me, he says, um, so I work for Diageo, I work out in Mortlach, that's my sort of home distillery. But what will happen is Diageo pick casks that need to get taken out of distant distilleries that they own. Mm-hmm. I says, all right, so you drive the lorry. No, I didn't drive the lorry. They send the lorry. I says, right, so you go into the, so you go to the where, I go to the, I'll go to where it's needing to come for. And I said, do you pick the cask? And bring it no, no, no. The, 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 the warehouse already knows yeah. the casks that have to be picked and brought out. I just make sure they get, yeah. they get put so on it's there. It's really weird. Exp- <laughs> what I'm going to say, you, you could have a warehouse, you yeah. could have casks, but you've not really got a whiskey warehouse unless you've got a pusher. Right. A pusher is like integ- apparently legality and all the yeah, rest of yeah. it is integral to. Well, that was him. I mean, that was if that's the job, and that, if I remember it correctly, I was quite hazy at this point, but that was his job. And then what was funny was... But you, these guys need to supervise any movement of casks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as perhaps re-racking. I could be wrong with that. Possibly. And then and then what's happening is uh, there's an American lad sitting at the end of the bar, right? And he seems to be getting to know everybody. And you're thinking, maybe this is a guy who's been on a... They do that. He's a tourist and he's got to know everybody. So I get chatting to him. And I says, oh, so you hear your holidays then? <laughs> no, no, I live here. Um, he said, I... Me and my wife, she'd sadly passed away, in fact. Uh, me and my wife came here 20 years ago, fell in love with the place, bought a house, uh. right? And he goes, I'm on the local community council. Uh. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, nothing happens in Craig Alley without me knowing about uh. it. And he was saying, like, I know everything that goes on. He says, I spend so many months over in the States, and then I come over here, and I spend so many months over in Scotland. And he goes, I've got... Every I know everything. I mean, like you said, he's in yeah. the local council committee and everything like that. Where he's over in the states having Zoom calls. Someone who's in Craig Elliott. But then what was really weird was so we're sitting there. This is fantastic, you know. And then we get a taxi. I said, right, we need to get a taxi. And it was actually the same taxi driver who took, took us because we weren't staying in the hotel. We couldn't get in the hotel. We were staying in Aberlour or Dufton or something. Where's Glen Grant? Rothes. Rothes. We were staying in Rothes. And uh, taxi driver comes. And I said, uh, she said, how's your night, guys? I ah, good, good, thanks. Uh, I said, there's a lovely American. Oh, James, I, yeah, James. Uh, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> he goes, was Dodd there? Yeah. I said, I don't She goes, I need to speak to Dodd because he's going to get some wood to, to do my fence. It's the best, the best <laughs> thing about but, whiskey. But then when you think about it, it's like what when you, we talked about it with um, Hazel McLeod, I guess. Yeah. Like when you go to the Isle of Harris. Oh, the yeah. Yeah. And, and the rule at the Isle of Harris is with the distillery is that everybody on the island or everybody in the distillery is from yeah absolutely and it, it was a big thing for the Isle of Harris is to try and stop the drain of people leaving so yeah. you know people have you know a remarkable story there is that people who are in Glasgow working in Glasgow had steady jobs in Glasgow sold flats packed up and moved back to Harris to do apprenticeship courses in whiskey making to get the job at the Isle of Harris distillery to stay on the island um, so people that had already left came back, people that would have left have stayed um, they're massive for those communities it's, 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 it's a huge community thing because 
everybody works there and yeah. you know the, the 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 woman that took us round when we went there it was her husband was involved somehow and our co- you know our cousin worked there and the auntie worked there and you know it, it was of, a, it an was, actual sense of community yeah. oh, and a whiskey distillery that will it, be but, worth millions and millions and millions and but right. and and you just Aye, everybody in well, the, everybody on the village is on the payroll. But they're, they're, all, they're also probably all really, really bloody proud of it. Oh, you will. That's one of the things. It's so proud of selling it. Well, when you when you think about it, like well, we we had um, Megan Murdoch on, and we talked about the Glen Wyvis. She's a regular at the Highlander. Mm. That's the only other time we That's mentioned it. Way. She yeah. she mentioned that the only place she could speak well, Jap- she, Japanese yeah, in space was at the Highlander. Well, she mm. she was um, you know at Glen Wyvis Distillery, and it's a you know it's the only community owned. Distillery in Scotland, which makes it the only distillery, only community-owned Scotch whisky distillery. And when you go up there and you speak to the guys, I've, I've been lucky enough to go up there, and you speak to them, and it's like they're, they're they're very proud of the fact that it's like we're we're you know we're everyone that works in a distillery would proud of the product mm-hmm. that they're producing because you're in that sort of production market. But it's it's whisky as well, which makes people so excited about it. And imagine being able to say. Twelve years time or fifteen years time, there'll be people like us sitting there. Mm. And there's the drums that we are drinking right now. Somebody has been involved in making that all those years. I mean, what's the oldest one you've got tonight? You've got uh, a twenty-five. You put longer way before you were even born. There were people I, making what you're drinking right now. They were made for spoiled arses like me and Fraser. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's you a question. So, something I wanted to ask you is, and actually, I'll put on another question as well. Something we never actually discussed. And I know it can change how you're feeling and what yeah. time of the year, blah, blah, blah. Have you got a favourite distillery? We've never actually addressed this in the Whiskey Stories podcast. Not enough. Oh, it is not enough, ah, because of Family the, connection, the, right? par- the partnership to the, yeah, the, the mall times. Yeah, yeah. My dad worked up there for a little while when he was a youngster learning. Uh, and the, your favourite Milton Duff isn't, isn't, well, they don't have really an official release. Well, the, the, the Milton Duff a, it's was, it's a, it's a, but no, they, remember they brought out, a Valentine's brought out a Glen Burgie and a Milton Duff. 17. Mm-hmm. Was it the 17 was oh, the Milton Duff? Oh, 15 or whatever it was. There yeah. was one of them and I got that during Covid and yeah. as I say, it was... Between those Milton two, Duff edition, I, I wouldn't say I had a favourite distillery, but I do have a real soft spot for Balblair. And you know, when you when you go up to when you go up to it's near Dornoch, and when you go up there, Ed- Edderton, I believe, yeah, is what they, they call it. it. There's kind of three distilleries, but there's two that are really close to each other, and it's it's Glenmorangie and uh, Balblair. And you just get the real, you know, if you, we went first to um, Balblair, we turned up in the morning. There was a car park and we were the basically the only car. Yeah. And there was two other people on the tour we took round. It was a fantastic tour. It was great to see it. And then we drove to Glenmorangie and we didn't take the tour. We just kind of had a wee lucky round. But it was absolutely jam packed. There were yeah. Americans. Yeah. You know, there was just yeah. it was it's, just full. Yeah. And I just thought it's, 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 yeah. it's the underdog story, isn't it? And I have had that we, exact same experience. The, yeah. The interesting thing there was something on the news that day. Um, and it was to do with both whiskey distilleries had signed up to a scheme whereby they were putting uh, their kind of waste product into the Dornoch Firth, which was good for mussels and oysters and what have you. It had lots of nutrients in it. Um, and they had the news clip on. There was a TV in the visitor centre at Balblair, and they had the news clip on. And uh, it was a guy from Glenmorangie who was getting interviewed, and they said, 
Both of us have signed up for it, but we know who's getting the publicity. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, you know, Bal Bal Blair, just the underdog story there, and actually, really, really lovely. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with I'm you, a big uh, fan of Bal Blair. I mean, I, 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 ever since, ever since I've visited those two distilleries, I've always had a spot, I've, I've, soft yeah. spot for Bal Blair. I've got a very tenuous, ten, very great Scotch tenuous connection with another favourite distillery of mine. In fact, which is? I remember uh, it was again talking about he's getting a name check again Chuck Charles Kerr big up mm-hmm. Chuck first ever time first time I'd ever been in the Balmoral Hotel years and years ago Chuck was working and uh, again didn't have his I liked a whiskey very much liked a whiskey but again it was very my, my knowledge was very limited to core brands like a Glenfiddich a Dalmore a McAllen that kind of stuff and you go to a pub like a bar like Scotch you get an opportunity so uh, Ben Reich, right? He says, "Try this. You like this, Ben Reich?" And he goes on about it's. Uh, there's a, a guy at Ben Reich right now, Billy Walker, who uh, is like a. He uh, is. Yeah, so that's, that's a few years ago. Very, yeah. That's yeah, that yeah, age yeah. Is, I'll tell you the story. Yeah, that was yeah. age yeah. the story. Show you. And he says, "This guy, Billy Walker, he's what he's doing with casks right now." And for whatever reason, it just kind of stuck in my mind. And then. About two or three years later, somebody, I was speaking to somebody in whiskey about casks, in fact, and he says, keep an eye out for a distillery called Glen Allachie. Mm-hmm. There's a guy called Billy Walker <laughs> who's just moved up there. And it was a Trisha, what's a, a who was the lady that he went with? There was a, there was a group of them. Anyway. There's three of them, yeah. So suddenly Glen Allachie just popped up on my radar and then uh, scrolling through Instagram or whatever it was about not that long after the Glen Allachie 15 won uh, it was uh, Glen Allachie kind of swooped I'm sure it was like some sort of awards where yeah. Glen Allachie kind of really took, took a lot of people by surprise and, and you were always a big Glendronach drinker which was Billy Walker's most well, famous yeah. distillery this is it Glendronach Ben, ben Rhea and, and Glen, Glen Glassach was, yeah. was, was the third and then, that's right and then so but I like I say I just grew an affiliation with Glen, Glen Allachie right. really really liked it went up to Speyside good value too met Richard Beatty uh, who is uh, now is he distillery manager up yeah, there he's yeah. so a great 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 guy and um, so I had a chat with R- Richard it was with Megan actually in fact Megan and I had gone in she took me in and met Richard we had a great chat sat outside great fun and then two or three weeks later, maybe a month later, that's when it was the Spirit of Speyside Festival, my wife Harper and I went for a walk from Aberlour up to Glen Allachie, which is a really, really nice walk. Lovely. We got in, that's when I bumped into Richard again. He goes, how are you getting on? You, what? And he says, the distillery's a bit quiet because, you know, Spirit of Speyside's on. He says, yeah, you want to look around, though? And I went, aye, aye. Nice. And then he went and got, yeah, I wish I could remember the name of the laddie that worked there. He says, you'll take you around. Where do you want to go? What do you want to go and see? We'll take you into the wherever. But, you know, it's not going to be a big tour. And yeah, I just warehouses, warehouses. But I, and we went and he took me us through the warehouses and he showed us. I mean, it was incredible. And, yeah. you're getting and the warehouses are mental. And, it's mad. And, and what was great about it. And they, they might be the highest stacked warehouses in space. I'll put my neck on the line and say that. I've got some great, I mean, they were fantastic. But what I really loved was the fact that, like, he was able to show us, he says, see these casks here, these have just been brought in mm-hmm. from, they were Pedro Jimenez casks. They're coming in from Jerez. Coming in from Jerez. And he's, and, but you're realising, like, this is Billy Walker doing his, doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. This is the, he, he, these casks that we were seeing that were stacked outside just to be keeping, keeping yeah. right. They were left there, and you're going, 
that's, that's it's, it's an amazing trademark. story. Glenallochy really is a monster of a distillery in the way that it was set up for a 24-hour production seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And that was because it was it was one of the main Chivas malts. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which again kind of ties into your family thing. Yeah, all your yeah. malt was sold to Chivas. Mm. Um, well, Ballantines, but Chivas brothers now. Yeah, 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 they bought, yeah. They bought Ballantines. So these warehouses are monumental as you drive past them. And Billy Walker bought the distillery and he bought however many of the casks that were laying there and then said, well, listen, you know, Chevis, keep the rest of your cast there, yeah. but I'm, you're ch- I'm charging you rent. Uh, and really? so as soon as, before he'd made production at Glenallochy, all of a sudden he had 100,000 casts that belonged to Chevis that he was charging rent for. Wow. Great business, oh, great okay. business plan. Then he had the cast that he'd handpicked, and then obviously he's known as for investing so much money into well. the quality of the oak that he's using. And then they've moved from a seven-day production, 24 hours a day, to... A two and a half or three day production, yeah, really. just focusing yeah, on the quality of the product. The yeah. fermentation is about hundred. I think it's one hundred and sixty two. I could be it's wrong. Like six days, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's the longest fermentation really, yeah. I know of I mean, in the industry. Well, in the, in the I'm the really dis- annoyed. I can't remember the exact yeah. number because it will really piss me off. Dornan could just done a silly fermentation. Yeah, yeah. I forget the stats, but they've left it for like people Christmas are, and New people Year. People are expecting this couple weeks just to see what because Arbeg done the fair mutation where their boiler broke. And, and so they done the fermentation for 13 days really? and so that everything died and what they're going to do but they did end up producing a whiskey called the Arbeck Fermutation which has got to be the longest fermentation ever but I mean uh, the, well the, going back to Glen Alley, they, they, they had just opened a new bar in the distillery okay, they've got cool. a nice wee bar at the back end mm-hmm. and it was really really nice to go in there um, but I, I just I just love that about like the, the relationships that I mean a, a funny story about so I, I'd heard about this Glen Allakey, right? So this boy's told me about Glen Allakey, and I'm doing the maths, and I remember I'm and I'm googling it, and I'm checking it, and I'm thinking, right, yeah, maybe that, maybe this is see, uh, this guy seemed really in the know. Eh? There are, and he was right, you know, they're a they're a distillery that are, people are going to start really thinking about. You're talking about this was in 2018, maybe 2019, mm-hmm. and um, I'm thinking, right, so maybe I get my hands on a cask at Glen Allakey, which I love, you love your casks, eh? Well. I thought right, but I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not massive idol. I'm not. I'm not gonna go through a broker because these brokers, I know what they're like. No well, offense to any brokers, before, right? Hey. But no, this was before. Okay. This is before. So I, I, I'm no shy, right? Because uh, my great auntie, who I've already mentioned, she used to say, "Shy bears don't get sweeties," right? So I thought, right, don't be shy. That's why I'm no shy. So I phoned up the, I phoned up the distillery. Hi there. I says, I'm interested in. You know, purchasing some of your liquid and da 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 da. Oh well, you better speak to so and so and so and so. Anyway, long story short, ended up getting the phone number for head office at Shivas Brothers, who held more stock. And basically, I got I'm on the phone, and uh, I'm interested. In it. Right, uh, well, we we sell it by the tanker, <laughs> right? And I was like. Right, right. How many liters is that? Well, but I thought a tanker being no, no. She explained that a tanker being a, a lorry tanker. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, and I had to, if this woman ever listens to this yeah, episode, I apologise because I had to go through, ah, and uh, without shying away, be like, fuck, fuck, you're joking, I'm doing that. You're like, of but, course. I'm like, ah, I want three tankers. Right, uh, how much is that? And then she explained the price, and I wish I could remember, I've got it written down somewhere, and I was like, <laughs> that is that all? <laughs> I'll take two. But it was, but I just remembered that. I became set and it, yeah, like I say, it was probably around about the time COVID was kicking in, 
where my, my real obsession with whiskey really kicked in, but I remember really deep diving into that Billy Walker That's a story. Good whiskey story. And like finding out and I just and it all stems from that night in Scotch. Well, well exactly. It all stems from that night in Scotch yeah. where it, you know, Ben Rhea got a bit of the spiel, there's a guy out there, the Billy Walker, he's the boy to keep your eye on. And then just so happens within a year of that happening, somebody else phoning me or on the phone saying, Hi, there's a lot happening up at Glenarthy. And it's this boy Billy Walker, and the name just instantly yeah. went. And as I say, Glenarthy's up there with. with and there, there is people who have followed his career and, and ah. you know, hardcore Glendronach um, fans that now only drink Glenarthy's. So, oh, good tour up there too. He's done his own rum up there too. and, and uh, I went up uh, Whiskey Dad and Lads, my father and I do yeah. a trip once a year, they're saying Whiskey Dad and Lads year one involved Glenallachy, Um and it was really good. He bought a bottle of rum, didn't drink rum. Really? It, was, it was a sherry cask finished rum that he but, loved. But I mean, you can... and just, it's just something different. And we went yeah, there to it, and the Glenallachy 15, when I go back to my folks' house, whenever I see them, oh, it's a great there's job. always going to be a Glenallachy 15 house. Because, because yeah. it's 65, 70 quid now, it's gone up a tenner in the last year. If you're a sherry tart, we'll bring it back. Right. If, you're, if, you, if, you, if you like a sherry bomb, it is probably the best value heavily sherried whiskey on the market. But I'll go one step further. For me, right, that in itself is the best giftable whiskey, right? Because what I do. So funny you said that. Right. I've been given a Glen AK 15 for the last two years. <laughs> Aye, right. so it might be my brother. I told you about Billy. What six years ago he would have been in the album. Well, it was yeah. truck. It was yeah. truck. Big truck, but your brother. But my point is Obviously. here. I've done it a few times before with people. Where what's great about Glen Allach is it's not on the mainstream market. In terms it's of like, there. but it's, but what I mean is like, if I know a whiskey drinker, yeah, who's maybe you know, they like their whiskeys, but they. They, there's a good chance Glenarch is not on their yeah. not on their radar so what uh, you're able to do is you can, so, so there's an element of you take them into the bar you go well Graham come here yeah, but that. the danger <laughs> then is you get a whiskey drinker but, who, anything I, that isn't Glenmorangie 10 yeah. is rubbish ironically <laughs> <laughs> he's tried it yeah. not for me yeah. <laughs> but how good is that when you, t- when you, when you do meet up with, with a pal or, or with a family member <laughs> and you go you won't have had Glenallachy. That, that's it. But, but, it almost legitimizes but your, from your gift, knowledge. From just, a gift point of view as yeah. well, you can say, like, here's a complete, like, it's a, it's a, and Tam Dew's the other one. Yeah. Because Hell I think when you look at, like, Tam Dew, Sherry Casks, and Glenallachy, Sherry Casks, Sherry Tarts, but if you're not a big, big whiskey drinker, yeah. Sherry's the least offensive kind of flavour profile that you can go towards and say... Probably the easiest to start with. Yeah, Correct, yeah. yeah. Everybody, everybody starts a Sherry tart. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cody done his scale about what you start on and all. Oh, yeah. and the circle, Really yeah. good. Yeah. And then, yeah. you get into, then you go Did back... Did you for this? Or was he no, just, uh, he gave yeah. a cycle of it. Cody's going to make a lot of money from this, but it's now copyrighted by the, the Whiskey Stories podcast. Um, and and, and he, he cuts back around, you get, and then you get back into blends and etc. What annoys me is that you keep calling me the sherry tart and it makes me feel like I'm at the very beginning of my whiskey journey. Graham's, How get, dare Graham's you. get the smoky Listen, if I'm being honest with myself, people would mm. people would perhaps think that I drink a lot of Isla whiskey or, you know, because I, I drink a lot of whiskey. I, uh, my biggest weakness, biggest chink in my armour is that I've been to Isla once and I enjoyed it there, but I really don't invest enough time or money into Isla Whiskey. I want to come back just one little thing on the Bal Blair shout. Oh, yeah. I love Bal Blair. Yeah, Hideous, yeah. mock it. 
distillery. For yeah. the Scottish viewers, market means pretty damn dirty. Um, and it's one of those things... I was that, a charm in that, though. <laughs> oh, oh, but it is, that is the charm. The charm is that there's a little forked road as you go down, you always go the wrong road, and then you have to go back down, and it's, there's, nothing on, there's nothing going on there, but the liquid is fantastic. Mm. It's the oldest distillery in the Northern Highlands. It's from yeah, 1790. Yeah. It's a really old-school distillery. And so Whiskey Dad and Lad Year 2, my father and I, we went to Balblair, and then we went to Glenmorangie. Really? There you and go. big fan of Glen love the liquid, have drank so much more Glen than I have Bal Blair. It's all very personal, it's all circumstantial, it depends on the day. I would unfortunately say that Glen is the worst tour I've done. Right. And that was perhaps because I'd just done Bal Blair. Gonna, they are not gonna sponsor this podcast. But it's just but, but I'd say I don't really I don't really like Glen Morangie. <laughs> <anyway. laughs> I, 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 I love I love We've actually had the Glen Morangie as one of the um, one of the three drams. Yeah. Bonus yeah, points, as yeah. I can remember. But, uh, oh, who had Glenmorangie? Bonus points. Glenmorangie. Call him, isn't it? I don't know. No. Nope. Oh. Uh, bonus points. Hazel. Or nope. Oh, I'm this is terrible. It was someone fairly recently, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it Mike? Christmas came out. One of the lost episodes. No, it wasn't a lost episode. No. No. It wasn't Jodie. Was it no? Megan? No. Megan Murdoch. Oh, Megan Murdoch. Right. 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 She got set up. We've named every single guest, but we did get it at the end. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, sorry, it's one, it's one of those things that I, I felt in Glamondry I was a number. Mm. I, I could have been getting ticked mm. through the door. And uh, personal I mean, skills. Whereas mm. Bow Blair. I got to, and, I, got to and, learn, I got to learn too much about the about the tour guide. He's, to, oh, yeah. he's an Englishman. He, he's retired up mm. in the Northern Islands. He tells all this story, and it was very personal, and wooden washbacks and just and it was Aye. cobwebs mm. and they've got a window that you can't fix, so they've got like a wooden owl to scare like birds away <laughs> from Aye, coming into, into it. Into character it. There, it was really. just a brilliant it's distillery. A great distillery brilliant yeah. distillery. Right, well, if, I, anybody's, I, if anybody finds yeah. himself in Edgerton, I, 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 I would agree with you. I would say. You know, I've been on a few distillerators, and I would say Bal Blair has probably been the one that one I went, the one that I walked away yeah. thinking I enjoyed that most out of all, all yeah. of them. Yeah, I uh, really would say that. But um, I've not been to everywhere yet. Favorite distillery, um, Fraser? Uh, at the moment, it, mine's just tricky to be honest. I have many favorites. That's one I don't want you to say. The um, I wonder what that is. The first distillery I ever went to was Springbank. Oh. Which is really unusual. That's great. Because yeah. I know a lot of people that worked in the industry for years. Your brother's favourite whiskey as well, right? Um, no, he's changed. He's changed. My dad's. He's my changed. Dad's, yeah. My dad's favourite whiskey. He loves us from Mink 10. But I was 17. We were staying close to Inverary at the time. <laughs> Let's make sure this story's legal, Fraser. Uh, <laughs> Let's say you were 18. Uh, yeah. Please drink. It's possible. We do Fraser's, not encourage others uh, drinking. Yeah, Fraser's um, a little bit faulty. Fraser was 18. I, I've not said I was drinking yet. Okay, so yeah. Smelt um, it and it was. Oh. Uh, we were staying near Inverary. My brother would have been at Scottish at the time, so he was dead keen to go. You're an hour's drive away for Campbelltown. We've got to go down. What's the chances you'll be in Campbelltown again? It turns out highly likely. Um, <laughs> but I, we went down to my dad, and my dad's not a massive drinker. He's right. somewhat, he'll take a dram, doesn't really know what he's getting, but he'll have it. We went down, showed up, got this phenomenal tour. It still annoys me just now where I didn't fully understand where I was at the time. You weren't considering whiskey, no, were you? I, I found it really cool and I was like, this is so authentic, so traditional. Yeah. I love what's going on, like proper community feel to it. But I just didn't have that that sense of, oh no, this is like... We, you, really you, you would go now yeah, and you'd be yeah, 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 sad yeah. about it and, and, and you'd love it. 
My brother even organised it. It was a tour. It was just the three of us. Cool. So it wasn't even just like a normal. It was a private you got a tour. Private tour really cool. at Springbank, um, and you've not known enough. <laughs> well, I, I never drank any whiskey because at the time I just passed my driving test, so I was the driver. You were the driver. But I got given a lot of samples. Um, but you was, held on to the well, actually, we still have them in the house. So warehouse samples are still in the house. Well, that's warehouse samples, you say. But my dad, and my brother, scalped theirs the, the night we got back. Um, and that was great, but that's not my favourite distillery. Um, that's just a wee brag. Aye, that was just a nice <laughs> brag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First distillery. Well, I'm not sure what happened there. You've been fucking wanking over other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Whiskey Stories, man. Sometimes stories are longer. Sorry. What's your favourite distillery? My favourite has actually been a Haven. Whoa, oh, no, I'm going to say Glenfiddich. That's good. So, tell us no, about Glenfiddich. My brother's is Glenfiddich. It's one of those scenic locations. I think there is a hand with Scotch where we do all fall in love with Glenfiddich. It's Cameron's um, fault. Ross, yeah. Ross refused to admit it. I but, chose Balvenie. But you chose Balvenie. <laughs> We'd all fall in love with William Grant's, but yeah, Glenfiddich's got a spot. Uh, Glenfiddich 12, I think Ross spoke about it. Um, I think he even said it was me that speaks about it. Glenfiddich 12 is my, my thinking dram. So walking yeah. in a booze, I don't know what they're having. Oh, so you've got a thinking uh, drum too. I'll have a, I, I, a common theme here, I'm, isn't it? I'm, I'm a real fan of all the Peter Boone having. I really the love. I really yeah. like Torshakada as yeah. well. Just uh, as that's a wee, that's a, always a wee standard. I try and have in my like house. Uh, um, for me was the pizza me and my brother. We, we stuff, went really over. Big and it favorite. Was, uh, brothers trip to Iowa. Just the two of us. I thought I was going to get cancelled at one point. Big like storm going on, all that sort of thing. Finally got over. Went over to Boonhaven at nine in the morning. Hung over. We drank the pub dry the night before. Like <laughs> couldn't couldn't they drive. Um, Where we stay in Portellan, Bomor. Uh, Bomor. 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 Yeah, yeah. We stomp on the heads of the people from Portellan. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we were <laughs> big, big town rivalry on the island big, of Isla for listeners. Really? Port, port Charlotte. Oh, yeah. The six finger children. You don't come from Port Charlotte. Well, that's funny because Cameron and I stayed in the Port Charlotte, and they said if you're from Port Charlotte, you can go to Bomor, but if you're from Bomor, you cannot come to Port Charlotte. Really? Port Ellen, you know about? Oh, I'm thinking. Oh, uh, I'm thinking yeah, of Port Ellen. Port Charlotte. Die. Nah, nobody goes up north. Nobody goes up north. Nobody goes up north. No, Port Ellen or Bomer's only place. So even on the island, there's a bit of rivalry between. Uh, it's like five. Two thousand five must eat each other. When me and my brother got into got into Bomer, parked our car outside the hotel, walked into the hotel, dropped the bags, we went down to the bar. Thirty seconds. Boys, it must have noticed the accent. Where are you two from? Yeah. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, the capital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Civilization. And he finishes his pint, gets in his car, goes, well, I'm way back to Port Charlotte, the best place. Great. Oh. Straight away, we've seen Snapolis. Great sign. Um, <laughs> by the way, um, I went over to Boonahaven and we got a tour of a boy called Davy. And we found out later on that the visitor centre was shutting the day after for a refurbishment, whatever, and that was going to be it for a couple of months. We never knew that. And we'd booked it, and it was just the two of us. And he was just kind of like, Well, this is me. I'm not going to be working for the next couple of months. So, like, what do you want to know? What do you want to see? And me and my brother didn't really tell him what we do, didn't right. say, like, where we came from or, like, what we work in or blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he was showing us loads of stuff and every now and then he would name drop somebody and we'd be like, ah, we know them, aye. There was a lot of Brendan going on at the time, Brendan McKenna. 
Um, Brendan McKenna was the master blender uh, yeah. for the Stella. So, at you're, the time. so you're at Scotch at the time. Aye. So aye. and your brothers worked at Scotch. Aye. And so we both do Brendan. So you're both kind of in the know. You're not like on the tour guide. We're never a tour. So the worst thing you can do is go. No, of course, I'm Turn up and be like, I am a master. I am Brendan. Most of the whiskey stories, which you would never do, Graham. Some of them you show up at and you'll you'll pre-book it, so you'll say like. And Fraser are coming from Scotch, yeah, yeah. Tour, and they know they're coming. But if, like, we paid money for it. I think we paid like sixty quid for this tour. Good honest lads. Um, and we're like, we'll try and know, like make it about us. But about half an hour in, the best part was I think for him as well, and definitely for me and Ross. You'll probably think the same. When you are doing a tasting, see when you get people that are so engaged yeah. and asking questions about everything. Right. Like, he was loving it, and I think the tour is meant to take maybe an hour, hour and a half. I think we were in the warehouse, but just been having a listening. Uh, this isn't true. It was about two, two hours, two and a half what hours. What happened in that warehouse? I just got really drunk. <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> and it was just that, like, we fell in love with it. We went from, we woke up in the morning, neither of us wanted to go to the distillery. Yeah. We were so rough. We were like, we cannot even think about getting out of bed. Dragged ourselves to Boone Haven. We seen the sunrise coming over Jura, over the Paps of Jura, yeah. as they're called. Um, and then had a coffee, went into the warehouse, came out, new men. Really? Like jumping, skipping. We stopped Kalila and then fold into, into Bomo and Brilliant. famously had the. You've seen the screenshot. I think we had 12 pints each finished off again. It's the most impressive bar tab I've ever seen. Please, please, Twi- yeah. Twi- yeah. I'll, I'll 24 pints of tenants, two pints of Guinness, and a pub meal. Really? Between two of them. After two, three distilleries. Yeah, like, please, please, please drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you can't yeah, see yeah, what Fraser yeah. looks like now, but uh, he would be an advert for responsible drinking. Yes, yeah, I'm double papering on a Sunday. Right, no, but I, mean, I, I tell you what, guys, I mean, we are fast approaching the end of. Oh, there we go, that's a polis after you. But, um, <laughs> it's a polis. But, Going back, the Whiskey Stories podcast, I mean, as I said, the the two episodes that we've lost, I like think some of the discussion points that we've had on them, but one of the things is we've kind of talked about it, you know, I, I would like to look at New Year's resolutions or what would we plan the Whiskey Stories podcast for 2024. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. of the things that we've talked about, we've kind of joked about, but could possibly happen is uh, maybe try to do a, 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 a wee show whilst out in Germany. For yeah, the absolutely. European Championships 2024, if we do, we do actually have. These boys have got all the points. These guys have got tickets. We've got, the we've got tickets. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there, Munich. Uh, where, where are we going, Angus? We're, we're in Munich for three nights, and I, then I'm going Cologne. We're, so we're, we're going up to Cologne, Cologne afterwards. Yeah, Munich, Cologne. I'm a bit right now, <laughs> if we do actually have. I can see from the demographics, we do actually have. We've had four downloads in Germany. <laughs> if you are listening from Germany if Amy's been to Germany let us know <laughs> so I know it's not her but we have had four downloads in Germany which means we do have people listening in Germany so first first thing on the list Amy you just can't believe you're from Boston they don't believe 20, you 2024 we're doing a podcast in, we're doing a podcast we're recording a podcast in Germany that's one thing yeah uh, working in a whiskey bar working behind a bar or doing a taste like some sort I would love to see Angus and I put together you should do a tasting for I'd me and Fraser t- I'd like to do a tasting doing a shift behind the bar doesn't sound so appealing work shy I'd come to your tasting I know but I'd like to put a tasting together to say like it's Angus and I right we've, we've got to formulate a whiskey stories podcast tasting that we can put together so that's another thing uh, record from distilleries 
I'd like to see if see if we can do a couple. Of, so if there is anybody who works mm. or is around distilleries, I'd love us to do a, a distillery I'm podcast. Sure, I'm sure we could get into and I'd, doing I'd love yeah. to. I'd love to do video content at a distillery as well. Right, video um, itself. Yeah, Angus. Angus is actually. Don't do in the warehouses. Angus is over eighteen. Over eighteen only. Angus is uh, really really keen to do that Springbank work. Oh, work experience. I think he would be great. Six o'clock in the morning, start. Twelve got, hours. If you applied, you've got four years wait. No, but we'll skip the queue. Angus is that good at his job. <laughs> Listen, Danny was Danny was the number one bartender in Italy. I want to see Angus with like two bags of malt barley on his shoulders, having to cart them to. Wait. These soft hands need hardened up. Also, one of the things is one of the things we've got to do is we've got to find our own bottle of Haddington House. Mm. Oh, right. For God's sake. I think we've got to find it. I think we want to find the Haddington. Are you going to Asia this year? Yeah, you'll be able to buy it. I am actually. Yeah, I'm going to Japan in November. Not till November. Have you we've seen got any on like websites at all? We've not actually properly. I'm not properly. We've not properly looked. Probably looked, but I think if we can find it. They don't sell. The best, <laughs> the best edition of Haddington House. Anyway, right. So that's we've got we've got uh, a few things down on record there. As long as yeah, I don't yeah. delete this episode yeah, accidentally, then we should be okay. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. It is tradition on the Whiskey Stories podcast that we ask all our guests for their what three drams, three any three drams, any three whiskies that have any kind of meaning or decent or good story behind them. And if you have a twenty twenty three dram of the year as well, you can put that. Uh, twenty twenty three dram of the year. Okay, we'll 2023 20, drama of the year. Um, for you. Yeah, that's a tricky one. I would say 2023 drama of the year for me is Glen Grant 18. Oh, I'm on the 15th. Yeah, honestly, it's something that, especially summertime, couldn't you get enough yet? Really? Yeah, everyone that came into Scotch recommend. I think at one point we were going through a bottle a day. I remember really? we first tried um, it. We, we first and what tried was it? it? What was it? It's, it's a first. It's all bourbon. bourbon Glen Grant. It's it's a wee bit of uh, lemon, wee bit of sherbet. It's light. It's fresh. Right. It's actually the dram that I got. My father got me for Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because we Glen Grant Angus and I. Can you remember our... Yeah, my, my, I do. Well, I think you'd had Glen Grant before. Uh, yes, there was some sort of... Re- I think I'd bought a bottle and had it, or... Yeah. We, had, we, we enjoyed the bottle. We, we shared we, a bottle of that on a train trip on the way home from did. Inverness. A 10-year-old, 12-year-old. Yeah, I think it's 12-year-old. Yeah, no, Glen Grant, 10. Was it 10? And we had two bottles that we had between a few of us. But we were... It was the last... Second or third last train home from Inverness back to Edinburgh. We'd had a good day out in Inverness and we were in the, it was like a co op or Scott Mid or something, just a convenience store. Yeah. You're looking at what we've got. Uh, Glenfiddich 15, can't go wrong with that. And then Angus went, go with the Glen Grant 10. Yeah. And I went, I've never had that before. Now, interestingly, a couple of guys that were on the trip with us, and again, this shows you the sort of perceptions of whiskey, instantly turned our nose up at. <laughs> What did you get a 10-year-old whiskey for? That'll be rubbish. And you go, what? Based on what? And Angus and I said, well, I'll tell you what, guys. You crack into that. We'll enjoy this. And then, you know, a few. they did try a few. And that was it. Oh, that's actually that's actually very nice. But, you know, Glenn Grant, since that moment, has been on yeah. my radar a lot. I, I think between Dario, Fraser and I, we 
have given thousands of Glengarnet 18s to people from all over the really? world this year. Yeah. It was a big there, there, there was a, a couple breakfast months. Breakfast whiskey uh, was the term. Breakfast whiskey was the term. There was a couple months at Edinburgh Airport, duty free, was doing a litre for a hundred quid. A litre for a hundred quid. So really? everyone that was leaving Edinburgh. Essentially, all of our clientele. Yeah, what should I get in the uh, way home? What should I get? What can I not? Glen Grant 18. You get a litre for American clientele, really? what can we not get at home? Well, Glen Grant is owned by Campari. It's the most popular single malt in Italy. You're going through Edinburgh, get a Glen Grant 18 there to take yourself home. So that's, that's a good one. A great. Love and that. So good, good good job. Great I'm going to try that tonight. Do you, do you have a drama there? <sighs> Sorry to put you on the spot. There you have. It's okay, Angus will have one. Uh, I will, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, to be honest, a pint of orange juice. <laughs> a pint of orange juice. I know I've had lots of great drums this year, so one of the ones that's... I think this might have been the one I said was my drama of the year, and it sounds like I haven't thought about it, because it's. I'm going to go Battle Blair 15, because that was the bottle I took out to India for yeah. Graham, my good We have talked about pal. this. We, we talked about this. We it talked. deleted. No, I don't think it was. Uh, this was on Michael's episode. Mm. I feel like I've heard it. We like you've heard we've it. We're definitely talking about it. Ross, we've well, let me think it. of another drum. So, I mean, I could say. Michael's episode. So, my oh. my sister got married, and the drum that she had when they kind of had a wee drum in the ceremony, you know, they did the tying of ribbons and all yeah, that rubbish. Yeah. But the one <laughs> they had, the one they had was a twenty-one-year-old Tom and Tao. Um, okay. And it was very nice. But it's but but what was good is because no one's really a whiskey drinker. Um, it just sort of got left kind of in my vicinity and um, me and so another fact. me and another guy at the wedding who liked to dram we just sort of cracked into it yeah. and it was great well we um, have, we have I'm, I'm sure and I, I, apologies I can't remember but I'm pretty sure we have discussed this before because I remember Angus talking about the twin, the the, the, the McAllen we talked about the McAllen that you had at my house Oh yes, I mentioned that as well. Yeah. That that's that's what I mentioned in the drama yeah. of the year. So yeah. if it has right. been deleted, but one thing that we haven't talked about is I want to ask. We're running out of time here before we get to Fraser's. Mm. What three drams? But we've asked before. What do we see trends for twenty twenty four in whiskey? Oh yeah, we did ask that on the deleted podcast. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a clue, so don't ask me. We spoke a bit about bartending and such, and how highballs are still in, and yada yada yada. But my big thing was that it's a buyer's market this year. Whis- yeah. Whiskey yeah. auctions. Fraser and I have probably dipped into it in the last three months as well. I've done damage. Quite a lot. Lots of damage. Monday, done a bit of damage. Um, really? Yeah. It's really interesting because as much as the kind of w- experts or enthusiast style whiskey drinkers on the rise um, lots of people would never even consider buying on the auction or bidding on an auction Yeah, go on whiskey auction year scotch There's whiskey auctions now there is actually deals to be had yeah. and what I'll say is that 2024 is a year that official bottlings will continue to rise 18 year olds are needing 140 150 pounds a bottle now mm-hmm. Um but you can get some old school stuff. You bought a 31-year-old Tormor that was absolutely delicious for about 160 quid. 160, yeah. And that was an independent bottle and 31-year-old and nobody, because nobody would think but, about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, so a, it's, it's a big market for interesting whiskey. This, this podcast could go into two hours here with the way we're going. Absolutely. Is there a strategy? I mean, I'll tell you, the problem I find with, um, with the whiskey auctions, from my perspective, is if you're looking, like, for example, I, I remember get, picking up a, a Daft Mill 2006, right? And I paid, uh, you know, I was, in a, I was in a bidding war. And mm. the problem is when you're on the auctions, when you get into a bidding war, 
and get out of control. You don't want to lose. I never want to lose. So what Norm- happens is normally you- goes into one a.m. and you've had a couple of beers. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and you're not you're not losing. You're not giving up on that whiskey. So you end up paying what you you're not getting a deal in that sense. Yeah. You're you're paying over the odds, or you're paying what you'd probably normally pay if you could pick if you could pick it up maybe even more. But what I've done before, I've seen me just scrolling through, and I I, I could lose an hour. I could lose two hours quite easily. Just mm. click, click. Click and then something might flash up. The one I, the one that springs to mind for me, went fartless seventeen, and I'm like, that was your, that was one of your wacky stories. Yeah, where's that mm. come from? Bash it into Google, went fartless seventeen, whiskey base or whatever you're on, and you're reading up about it and you're seeing it, and then you see what what maybe the price would normally be retailed at, and then you're looking at the price there, and you're going, right, I'm on page like fifty seven of hundred and twenty pages. What are the odds? that somebody else is going to go for that one I'm going to bid for mm-hmm. that and to be honest yeah got a bargain on it you know mm-hmm. 30 £40 pound cheaper uh, than what you would expect to pay if you were able to buy a retail people just aren't active on it people uh, no, go for and the higher and, and I, I, I have, have to admit here, here, here's a confession I, I've never really looked at the whiskey auctions because it sounds it's, premium it's, it's it's not that it sounds premium but it's just not somewhere where I've ever bought whiskey before so I feel like it's it's maybe Talking about resolutions, maybe somewhere I'm gonna have to look, but yeah. I'm trying to one of the other new resolutions stop to buy stop buying so much whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I've got things like Euro football tournaments to save my money yeah, for. This is so true. um once McCallan sponsors us, we'll be in the we're on the There's a wee element of that as well, <laughs> but um I it's one of these things. I mean I'm 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 the worst for it as well, where like we're talking on Jody's um podcast the, the, the last week and he he mentions um, the Australian whiskey. Um, Starward. Starward. Finished in Bundaberg. And I love Bundaberg ginger with ginger beer. And you, I was used like, to have one at, I'm um, just desperate Devil's to get my hands on a bottle yeah, of that now. Yeah. And it's like. And that, uh, yeah. yeah. So, when I was at Devil's a month ago. Devil's Advocate. They had a bottle. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think Ensign Ewart have also got a bottle. You buy a dram for like six so, oh, yeah, quid. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. But that's just different, isn't it? It's yeah. just, it's, as soon as you mention it, I was like, oh, I need to mention, I just tried a ginger beer whiskey for the first time. Uh, that would be worth Right, Fraser. You're the professional. What's what do you, your, what's what do you your, see trends? What do you see? What, 2024, look into your crystal balls and tell us what. <laughs> the nightmare uh, getting out of the bath. <laughs> uh, I think Ross is very spot on. I think there's going to be definitely. I think people are not going to buy as much whiskey, but will look for more high-quality products. Right. In the sense of, I think a lot more people are way more clued up than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people are willing to spend a wee bit more for a single bottle rather than buying three or four. Yeah. yeah. So, so you'll see that happening. Prices. I think the trend is that Scotch is going to start decreasing in price. Right. Uh, I think for older bottles, will stay quite high. Um, I think sustainability is going to be a massive one this yeah year. sustainability um, in terms of distilleries having to be more sustainable in terms of what yeah what, what is it 2040 net zero emission mm. goals mm. Um, I think a lot of distilleries that are being built or just recently being built are very much focused upon doing that mm. um, like you have your front runners you know like RBK and Nardemark and stuff like that oh shit so RBK love RBK John if you're listening can't wait to see you Um <laughs> So I, I think it's going to be a lot about, yeah, sustainability and how, how we deal with that. Well, I, I should say, I mean, it was um, Whiskey Live, Olivia Patterson, who, whose episode, unfortunately, one was one of the episodes that we, we, we were... Lost, lost, lost in the lost. mists. 
But she she did say you know whiskey cocktails was probably going to be a way for whiskey brands to really try and push their products. And, to you, the people. and you mentioned yeah. about visiting and Princess Street and stuff and like yeah. it's. Uh, and I think there's 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 probably. I'd say that's still like, that happens. Quite that's a lot that's happened the last two years. Last two years. For me, uh, I I think that I kind of went when you look at it from a, a couple of different standpoints the two or three things that I think we'll probably see a lot more of in the 2024 and this is completely from my own perspective and point of view number one I think we mentioned about I think the Scotch Whiskey Association are going to seriously start looking at what terminates what, what, what the termination of, uh, terminology sorry of a, a finish a finish yeah. a finish is uh, uh, I don't know who mentioned that fucking genius they were match, <laughs> maturation versus finishing but is it just going to be a week in a barrel or a cask or is it actually got to have a certain time frame and in then it? the other way around or the other way yeah mm-hmm. or is it what's uh, the double maturation etc correct et I think that's something I think and it would be very interesting we're going to have some conversations with people in this sort of line of work but I think the whiskey broker bubble might be looking at sort of becoming close to being burst in terms of we've already seen in 2023 a lot of kickback from the industry to some of these whiskey brokerage firms who are yeah, selling yeah. the dream of earn make millions. Yeah, I, I think I think there's there's a difference between a whiskey broker for bottling and a whiskey broker for an investment. Yeah. So I think hopefully hopefully we're going to get somebody really interesting yeah. on soon so what, do as active bottlers and brokers for an on trade market. Correct. Whereas you've got companies, London-based companies that say, "But you know, give us t- twenty grand, we'll make it thirty, and that's just it's, it's, it's so false. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not that second-hand market; it's now the third and fourth-hand market. This is it, and I think I think that, I think at this stage where we're looking at that, there, there's a there's a surplus of cask lists and a shortage of actual stock that's available yeah. for people. Where you might have a brokerage firm, and uh, a, a whiskey investment firm. I should say that maybe are saying, well, you you can buy these ten. There's ten. These we've got these ten casks available on a cask list, but there'll be another five or six brokerage investment firms. I've got the same amount of casks, and it's the same casks. So they're all selling whatever each other's got. Anyway, I think there's going to be a clampdown on that. And I'm also very interested to see when. And we talked about it with Jody with the international whiskies, the, the Indian market. I've said for the last two or three mm. years, with my wife being Indian and mm. with being scunnered so many times when you go out to India with 150% mm. tax on top of their whiskey, I just can't wait for the moment that the promise comes through for the industry that there's going to be a slash in the tax for India, which will be the that which is one of the biggest, the the biggest will be crazy. market for you know exporting Scotch whiskey to India. It's one of these things though that's very you know, election year and you've Correct. got the prospects yeah. of a Labour government that's looking more to an EU deal rather than an India deal. We've been told for the last while. Suddenly you're getting, you yeah. know, if, if, there, if there was a change, of, you know, because I was watching an interesting thing the other day this is a, and they said it's the easiest thing in the world is for a newly elected Labour government, this is we're getting political here, newly elected Labour government to have a nice sweetheart deal with the EU because all it does is strengthen Britain's economy it winds up the Conservative Party and divides the Conservative yeah. Party. It strengthens the Labour Party. It strengthens. Well, uh, it, the, the consequence of that is India free trade deals off, yeah. off the table. That's what happens when you give Angus an orange juice. We are at the highlight of the show, Graham. Right, the what three drams? So why people are listening? Tell us, what are your three drams? 
Uh, okay, my first one ties into the Bunahaven story. So I went to Bunahaven with my brother, blah, 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 really hungover. Stopped off at Kalila and then we, uh, yeah, crawled our way into Bowmore. I remember we walked into Bowmore Distillery and we sat up at their bar looking over into, into the sea. And we were getting all these distillery exclusives and we were chatting to the guy behind the bar and he was giving us stuff. And it was a, a Bowmore 18 year old, uh, no, Bowmore 15, Fair Shield 2022. So that's the Isla Whiskey Festival. Yeah, for Isla, Isla Whiskey Festival. And I was one before going to Isla, I was never really into peated whiskey. I always found them a little bit challenging. I could take it, I could do a peated whiskey, but I, it was never what I would seek out. And that was it. I tried it. That is unbelievable. Really? I absolutely fell in love with it. And I asked if I was, how many bottles you got? Like, oh, none. And I was like, how many bottles you got, like, anywhere? Like, in the bar just now? He's like, this is our last bottle. And I said, ah, oh. like, how, how much will it be in like auctions? Like, I don't know, I don't know. I think I spent the next couple of months on you the auctions. Months, I, months I, I, I trying to get them. A little over what I should have, but I didn't pay anything too crazy for it. But that was a whiskey. I think that was the first trip me and my brother had done as full grown adults, yeah. if you will. Um, both of us really into whiskey. Just the two of us being brothers, making memories. And that was a whiskey the pair of us. Like, this is unbelievable. Good. So I went and got a bottle. And it came with this fancy sleeve and all that, etc. So it's something I open at a special occasion and just cracking juice so what was that so, so just for, for what was that whiskey then Bowmore 15 uh, 2022 Isla Festival first year there you go really, right. really good solid dram to start with okay mm. um, it has to go in there as my favourite whiskey of all time uh, it's Tomat and 36 that's a flex right there I know you've not done your, your, your grouses and white no, I, I, big box <laughs> over there right, for about 30 but aye, um, that's a flex the tomato 36 when I tried that it was I didn't believe whiskey could taste the way it did you know, really? it was so tropical so fruity not at all wooden or okay it was just it's like being on like a tropical island wow. I absolutely adored it Thankfully, I can say that. Oh, luckily, I can say that. So, I've where tried, did you taste that? Was that, that? was that a scotch? Was that through scotch? Was it a combination? Yeah, yeah, yeah through scotch and tastings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've tried that a few times. Luckily, the, the boys at Tomatin are very good to us, so quite often, if we do a tasting, they'll leave us as bottles, um, which we'll tuck into when we've had a stressful Friday night, which is always quite nice. Um, and the last one it's always one of those, one of those memorable whiskies I've had but oh. not for the right reason um, oh I like those aye, aye, so, so I got a fantastic trip last year up to Tamdu so I invited up Ian McLeod there was six bartenders from Edinburgh going up private tour kind of the whole shebang going on there and we had to stop off at House of Brewer bacon roll for eight quid for a bacon roll or something it's nice. expensive Um kept on going and we got Sandy McIntyre the distillery manager who just yeah. won the award at Speyside Whiskey Festival a couple yeah, of months before yeah we spoke about him yeah um, that was deleted actually he was oh, was it okay he, he was shown <laughs> as around so he was our tour guide for the full day Sandy's quite a character so he's very much like what do you want to see what do you want to try let's do whatever Shown us in the warehouse. Warehouse, not even the warehouse, sorry, the distillery is an, an utter shuttle. Um, and he was quite happy. Still looking for sponsors. Um, really. No, he, he agreed. It no, like, I think I think this was one of their hints that they, they enjoyed the fact that it was. Utter. 
it was covered in black mold and all that and it was that was the proper old school no, that old school that was the character um, and the people that you still had if you worked at Tamdu you lived on site yeah so there was that whole community feel where even from we, we were saying it, what would have been the old excise office it turned into a nice fancy guest house um, we got dinner in there it was cooked by a boy Eugene who came in cooked as a free course meal done the dishes and then said that's my way to work to check on the fermentations really we were like that's ridiculous right. um, but during the day Sandy took us into a warehouse and went around tried loads of different stuff and at the very front they have these really old barrels one of them was a, a Tamdu 50 um, and he gave us a try after this was the last one we were trying of, of the day he gave us a little try and it was just kind of in where everyone's tried it and they're all looking at each other and it's nobody wants to say it but we're all going like mm, yeah uh, and eventually Sandy's like it's crap isn't it <laughs> we were like, like it's, it's alright like, it's good he's like no 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 he's like this is what this is a cask we have that shows that overaging happens right. it was this whole thing where 50 year old this hype yeah, everyone's like oh it's 50 yeah, year old this yeah. is going to be unbelievable and he was like to like the blind seller you sell it for millions of pounds of course um, which is like sample your cask before you buy it um, but trying that it was the first time I was kind of opened my eyes yeah it just shows you like yeah. when, when you're sitting there and you're saying yeah. you've, you've had a yeah. 50 year old whiskey from the from the cask yeah. in the warehouse mm. and it's not the kabang story of like this is what it was it's actually a real steep learning curve in that sense to say uh, this can this can happen the experience is unbelievable just for the record and, uh, and Tamdu we don't the, the thoughts <laughs> Not love, guess, love, no, love, love Tamdu, love you, McLeod. Nah, but I think I think um, what we have heard in the past, we've heard the Tamdus and the Tamdons. Well, we know that Tamdus are sort of tradi- really old school, traditional, but at the same time, it it's rough around the edges, eh? That's what character. It's what you it's want. You want yeah, yeah, right. you enjoyed your, you, you enjoyed the tour. Loved it. Right, that's it. But uh, it. brilliant. Well, anyway, you've been listening to the Live the Dream um, Whiskey Stories podcast. Live the Dream? Yeah, Live the Dream. we've given Fraser's... Uh, after that, le- did you ever think that when you sent that letter into us uh, asking to be on the podcast... <laughs> we <laughs> 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 oh, very good, very good. Okay, right, we are good to go. Graham's got the edit button. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you've had a a great time. Um, And don't forget, if you do enjoy what we are talking about, (laughs) then then don't forget to like and subscribe to our... Please don't forget to like and subscribe to our our podcast. If you want to give us five stars, please feel free to do that. You can find us on the underscore whiskey underscore stories podcast on Instagram. But this has been a great episode. Thank you very much, as always, to the Athletic Arms for hosting us. Some great drums on display and I really, really, really enjoyed this one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.